Welcome to episode 14 of the Varangian Heresy podcast. My name is Jody. I'm also known as Painting Chap. And with me, as always, is my glamorous co-host, Chris. Hey, Jody. How are you today? Not too bad, my buddy. Not too bad at all. Um, we are sadly, however, missing Mr. Freddy. He is... Uh, he, well, actually, we can say he's on vacation. We mentioned it in the last episode. He's still He's still on vacation. He's sunning himself up in Turkey. Although um, by some of his uh, his pictures, there apparently seems to be T Rexes and a hell of a lot of um, gunfire going on down there. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, come home safe, Freddie. Come home safe. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it's just uh, two of us for now. But uh, we're going to have some special guests coming in a little bit later on. So uh, let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Uh, well, boring, the fun stuff, but uh, get it out of the way so we don't forget. Our social media shout outs. So first of all, uh, there's the Book of Face. If you follow us on Facebook, the Varangian Heresy podcast, uh, we are five likes away, I believe, from hitting 200, which is a fantastic milestone for us. Because um, that means either 200 people actually listen to this podcast, or 200 people have been, almost 200 people have been stupid enough to click like, and therefore get to see our weird shit on their timelines. Either way works. Um, we're on Twitter at the Varangian Heresy, so tweet us up and all that jazz. Hashtag the shit out of whatever it is and tag us in stuff. Um, and then you've got our email, which is at the Varangian Heresy at gmail dot com. And don't forget if you send us a email with your shipping address and say please please wonderful powerful sweet dudes hit me up with some uh, stickers we will send out some of the varangian heresy stickers to you and you can uh, put those on and show show your love for heresy and the support for the podcast and all that sort of jazz have i missed anything chris well we do have a website as well oh yeah that would be useful and i I, yeah okay do you want to catch that one because you know you you do most of this stuff anyway yeah it's sadly not updated for a couple of episodes now but uh right that's it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ahead of doing that some one of these days one of these days it's not uh, like it's important or anything uh not really (laughs) (laughs) and that's the varanian heresy podcast at blogspot dot blogspot.com i think it is or dot se or dot uk or dot dk or dot wherever you live basically yep. um that conf- i must admit that confused the hell out of me when i first started looking at blogs all that way back when it's like but it's dot co dot uk why is it working on dot oh yeah okay it's universal shut up jody go back to bed um <laughs> having yeah, a- that's that's usual response i think yeah i was having a senior moment um i have a lot of them these days um so yeah um i think we we have something to address don't we um well you have oh i wasn't in that interview oh right okay nicely passed off there chris nicely nicely no 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 (laughs) solidarity it's just no it's your fuck up you've got to deal with it fine i'll deal with it then Uh, i don't think i was asleep during that interview so yeah okay it's not my fault it's not your fault yeah maybe it is for not catching it while it was happening because like it was going to do that while it was um, while you were not editing the episode and not doing anything and you know yeah. being asleep and stuff. Um, yeah. So okay. Long story short, because that's how long we make a short story. 
we received some listener feedback on uh, our episode with Spence. And um, it's a lovely note from uh, Connor Mackis. And a uh, bit of feedback for us. And we appreciate this, Connor, keeping us on the straight and narrow. Um, and it says, in our, uh, no question, dudes, just, just feedback. In your interview with the Elf Lord, it was mentioned that Imperial Guard players aren't using grenade launchers in 40k. In response to these allegations, I present Boozy Willard. He gets bottles for extra special damage dealings in death, the gold and the red one for taking down, uh, Dante in Overwatch. Ooh, shiny. Um, not specifically 30k, but your words concerning grenade launchers was an affront to my, uh, Espada Corp. Um, there is, are still those of us in 40k utilizing fluffy choices. Hang on a second. Somebody better put this man in amber because I don't think, uh, I think he must be a last of a dying breed if that's the case. But on the other hand, if we keep him har- around, he can actually influence people in the long run. This is okay. true. <laughs> this is true. It could, it could happen. It could happen. Or we just convert him over to 30k permanently and, you know, Unless there's a formation, I don't think anybody will really end up paying attention, but that's just me being a bit bitter. Um, anyway, despite my uh, peevishness, I love your show. I can't wait for more heretical t- uh, tangents from up in uh, hashtag powerful Sweden. Connor, you, you got a tangent there straight away, so you're more than welcome. Um, but yeah, no, pr- appreciate it, dude. Keeping us on the straight and narrow, keeping us on our toes and making sure we do things right. Um, yes, there are people out there who still play for the love of the fluff and play it well. And who make use of things like grenade launchers and aren't yeah. looking and, for those uh, then we have the, And we have the point as well that he actually sent in pictures of said Boosie Willard. He did. And, and, and they, they will go up awesome. on the page, <laughs> on the fa- Facebook page. So if anybody's wondering what we're talking about, the, the red and the uh, gold bottle, it will all make sense. But anybody who overwatches Dante in the face is, is good by me. I got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, so yeah. Thank you again, Connor, for keeping us on the straight and narrow. And with that out of the way, I think it's about time we introduce our guests, don't you? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I shall. Fine. You really are passing it all off to me today, aren't you? Fair enough. Well, why not? Why not? Okay. (laughs) Why not? You talk lots is what you're trying to say. Um, So joining us tonight are two of the uh, three founding members of the Hearthguard. We have the wonderful gentleman who set us up for the uh, forge world coverage which uh, basically formed a large part of our uh oh shit last episode which you will have heard by the time this one comes out that's fine and that is uh, mr tom stallard and mr Stuart mack all the way from sunny old england how you doing boys great thank you nice to be on yeah not too bad guys nice to see you well, let's no, no see you on a radio channel. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> My mother always said I had a face for radio, so this is this is a good thing. It's a dream come true, eh? It totally is. It totally is. So you boys are stepping in and sort of helping us out this evening, as uh, as we've said, Freddy's Freddy's uh, AWOL in the vacation sense, and uh, oh, this is this is what a tangible benefit does look like. Just saying, this is what ta- you you get, you get to jump. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a kicking on on a, on a chat from that, but you know, totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Um, but uh, no, it was you guys were absolute legends helping us out, and um, you know, it's it's only making for a better experience for everybody all the way around. So uh, thank you very much. And, and with that being the case, as we always have our guests on, you're going to have to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves. So uh, Stuart, why don't you start off? Give us a bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm a typical returning gamer, I think. I was 
I was a gamer back in the early 90s. I think uh, played Road Trader and Second Edition 40K and Fantasy and Blood Bowl and all the other things that were around, almost that pre-Red Era G- GW sort of thing. Um, took most of the time off from, from uni and through my 20s, didn't really play any games. I think I bought the you know, Lord of the Rings stuff when it landed, but hid it under my bed from my housemates because I didn't want to let them know I was a closet geek. Um, and then about eight years ago, I started to get back into gaming, played lots of 7th Ed fantasy, um, um, dabbled a little bit in 40k, but not really played much. I think I had two games of 5th um, and one game of 6th, um, and only really come back to that kind of sphere now with, with, with Heresy. I had a bit of a false start with Book One when it first launched, I bought it, bought some stuff and sold it again. Played War Machine and Hordes for the last few years, and Malifaux and things, but sort of really came back with the Calf Box to really try out heresy having read you know i've still been keeping up with the the novels during that period it's not really gained um 40k or or, or 30k so i'm a, I'm a noob when it comes to 40k gaming i'm, I'm still learning the rules i'm still <laughs> learning the profiles and stuff for everything but um i'm a sort of a veteran gamer but not a veteran to um to, to 30k and 40k um other than that i'm i'm saying i'm more of a hobbyist than a gamer so the fluffy side sort of holds me really well um, i run a small painting studio um called miniature realm studio i do that part-time um while uh, the other time i'm looking after looking after my son and i've got the the joyous thing of not working at the moment my wife went back to work full-time after our child was born and i and i did the unusual thing of being the stay at home dad and then work part-time painting toy soldiers so i've got it pretty sorted at the moment really <laughs> Don't know how many years I'll get away with doing it for. But all I can hear is, can. all I can hear is, I'm living the dream. Fuck you guys. Is <laughs> <laughs> kind of what I'm hearing right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Even when I'm painting stuff, I don't want to be painting for a commission. It's still painting and listening to podcasts. It's not, it's not real work, to be honest with you. Oh, the humanity! Oh, the absolute humanity! <laughs> I feel, I feel for you. I really do. It'll all come down in flames in a couple of years when he's at school and the wife's saying, you're not bringing home as much as you used to. And I might have to go back into the real world then, but uh, I'll get away with it as long as I can. Push it for as long as possible, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So what about you, good self? Oh, no, actually, hang on. Hang on. Who do you play? Who is your your legion of choice? Oh, I'm uh, Imperial Fist. I'm nearly, nearly finished up about three k's worth and since since february really so i've been painting quite quickly and i've actually got loads of solar, solar rocks to start building and painting as soon as uh as soon as i finish painting this nice well, somebody else bringing the solar rocks in which is a good thing i think so uh, be- beautiful beautiful models i'm having to try to not look at them at the moment otherwise i'll be building them and not painting what i should be <laughs> you mean hobby hobby add cookie yeah it's a nightmare it's a nightmare <laughs> Ooh, pretty Ooh, pretty Ooh, pretty yeah yeah no I totally feel it on that one that that happens way too much but it's it's all good it's all good um so mr tom tell us about yourself dude yeah well fairly similar story to stew played when i was a kid played fantasy blood bowl necromunda a few things like that uh just generally was getting beaten in every single game by my older brother for a while uh, then I discovered girls and beer and rugby and vanished from that for a little while and sort of went off to do that, went off to do a few things at university and generally always kept an eye on sort of 40k and the fluff and sort of kept half an eye on it, but I was doing other things and never really gaming. And about five years ago, I moved in with my, my now wife and um, I was basically bored at home. I was sitting around doing nothing. I thought, oh, I've got to do something. So was in Hobbycraft, like, uh, looking around and 
there was one of those uh, sort of five marines and a few paints, you know, sort of starter sets. I thought, ah, oh, I enjoyed that when I was a kid. I'll have a go at that. And uh, five years later, I'm now sat in front of my third desk uh, <laughs> in one room with more paint and resin crack than I can I can touch. It, it's got a bit out of hand. The wife kind of regrets letting me buy that little paint set now. But yeah, I played 40k for about a year or two now and yeah it was fun i like it i've got a bit of a competitive edge so i do like to play you know i like 40k because it's competitive but i was just getting a bit fed up of always having to play a hardcore game and and everything and i was looking at the the, the heresy because i got into that quite a lot and then calf came out and it was like right i can afford to get into this now i can really go and you know and get all my troops and my basic stuff done and just went full bore into it from there and now really it's kind of all i play i, I dabble in a couple of games of 40k with with mates who don't play the heresy yet i'm slowly working on them um but yeah now it's pretty much full steam ahead in the heresy train all aboard the heresy train it has no brakes oh yeah yeah piling in it it's it's amazing i mean when did calf come out oh, end of last year since yeah. then i've just been on a hobby binge and just building stuff and i'm i paint pretty slowly and I've, unlike Stu, i have to go into the real world and work all the time so <laughs> You don't work. I don't work. No, you don't. I send you lots of messages of me running around catching Pokemon when I'm supposed to be working. But basically, (laughs) I can't sit at my painting desk all day is the big problem. But um, yeah, so I've been slowly building. I've got about 1,500 points worth of Ultramarines now. And I'm just slowly building and building and building. Awesome. And I'm guessing Ultramarines are your boys then. Oh yeah, thirty and forty k. I'm a, I'm a, and it's been since I was a kid. I'm, I'm an apologist for the ultramarines, but I don't care because I'm gonna. You may take the myth all day long, but I'm gonna stomp you into the ground with them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> filth mongers and you know plagiarists <laughs> that they are. Oh, brilliant! It's, it's, what's the ultramarines tactics? Just do everything we want to do, so I don't have to stick to a tactic. If I don't like it, I'm just gonna go get more artillery. Or you don't like you don't like combat? Oh, well, I'll go and run the suzerain at you. Yeah, and, and uh, just a spoiler for a little bit further on down the line in the episode, we're going to be reviewing one of Tom's lists. <laughs> so uh, my, my general understanding is, if you're slightly lactose intolerant, you may want to um, <laughs> you may want got, to uh, brace yourselves with us. I've been learning list building from a Mr. Andy Wardle. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I don't see a problem with lists like that. They seem a bit <laughs> under, underpowered to me. <laughs> there was yeah. no, there's, there's no double double Leviathan in there, is there? So I need, I need to up the game a bit. <laughs> well, in Chris's in Chris's case, there's no casual Warhound, <laughs> which is. Uh, well, uh, I, I did well, have a plan for a full, uh, what do you call it, auto reductor matrix of ruin force with all out Medusa spam. <laughs> that, uh, four units of Medusas times well, I... three Medusas. Yeah. All out shadow is basically what we're saying on that one. They're they're all also also scoring in the Matrix of Ruin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I've got Luckily, it. Like... Finances are probably holding you back there. I'm building mine Second. from uh, Chimera chassis with, uh, with oh. cannon from the Hunter Stalker <laughs> kit. So yeah, they're quite a lot of expensive. There. <laughs> Hopefully, it takes you a while then, or your local players <laughs> hope it'll take you a while. I don't, I, I, I don't really have any local players. But... 
smashing yourself and yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds wrong. That sounds really <laughs> Don't bad. Don't know about that. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about something else then. <laughs> yeah, nobody else feels dirty after hearing that. So fuck it. Let's just just roll on past that one. <laughs> Leave that where that was. Oh man. Oh man. So yeah. So that's a nice introduction to you to you two gentlemen. There is no. There is a third gentleman as well. Uh, Mr. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh no. Oh no. Him. Sorry, has that been uh, redacted by the uh, by the sigilite? <laughs> My daughter, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's going to so... make him so cross. Brilliant. I'm gonna, we're going to get so many messages to you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. And uh, at some point, we, we will get the unmentioned on here as well. And um, we'll, we'll have a chat with him <laughs> just to make up for the fact that we will not mention his name ever again on this particular podcast. <laughs> But he is part of the half guard, so he does get some respect out of that, if nothing else. So, <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> sorry, it just suddenly becomes this. It's like it's, it suddenly reminds me of the end of uh, Angel Exterminatus, where you've got the triarch suddenly get, just going by the warsmith, the, the, the broker. It's like the unnamed. <laughs> We've got the painter, the, ca- the casual Pokemon player, and the unnamed. Unnamed. Oh, I think that's got to stick that, hasn't it? That's got to no, stick. I, I, we'll have to start calling them that tomorrow and he won't have a clue what we're on I'm about. I'm just going to say, yeah, Stuart, all day tomorrow, just keep referring to him as the unnamed. <laughs> we just like to enrich people's lives here on the Branched Heresy. That's all I can say. That's, that's all we like to do. It is, that's what it's all about. It's about purchasing content and enriching somebody's life. Or causing, or causing them emotional hell. I can't decide which one it is. But, uh, yeah, so that's very cool, man. So it's good to have you guys on. I mean... Uh, before we sort of go into what we normally do, I mean, just to remind everybody, we started this off as a, a hobbying, a hobbying conversation between myself, Chris, and Freddie. Uh, then just to do some motivation towards the LinkCon event, and then we kind of hit record and started putting this out as a podcast. Um, and then for some reason, people started to listen to us. Well, apparently so. Um, we've still yet to. Oh no, hang on, we've actually got people who've listened to us on the show today. It's legit. We're officially villain. Yes. <laughs> Legitimized. Yay! You got proper listeners. Proper listeners and shit. Yeah. Wow. No, we we do have at least half a dozen people who listen to the show. So that's that's all good. I can stop paying my wife to listen as well now. Um, but uh, no, we we sort of started. So before we get onto the uh, the hobby progress and what we've been up to, I'm kind of interested, guys. We we had a sort of chat before the show, and you you've talked about the fact you've got a, a local club and and stuff like that. So. Can you give us a bit of an idea of what your your sort of uh, I don't know if meta is the right term, but maybe your gaming scene and sort of what you guys get up to, what, what sort of people you got around you, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Well, I mean, primarily, I mean for me at least, uh, I know Stu's the same now. We play at a, a local club called Pork Chop Gaming. Um, Epic name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does make some more sense in a bit. Uh, it's, it's run by a game uh, guy called Chip or Nick Binding, you might see around. He also runs Incom Gaming, a uh, little startup pop-up hobby shop that he's running from that from his place. Um, but it's basically he owns a nightclub in town called the Two Pigs. So the running joke is everything's pig related. So he, he puts us up on a Tuesday night to to sort of, sort of open casual gaming. And then on a Saturday, he opens the club up again for sort of gaming during the day. So we we go down there and we play. And there's a a fairly there was a fairly strong sort of 40k vibe there. And uh, it's it's a, quite a mix of stuff. We got people playing bolt action. We got people playing tanks. We got people playing a uh, lot of magic players, uh, infinity, all that kind of stuff going on down there. And um, 
we've started building a little heresy group down there as well now that we've we've got about probably about well we've got 12 people who are sort of committed to playing heresy quite strongly now and that's kind of the scene nice that's really nice i mean what sort of i mean you guys again you sort of mentioned uh that you're going to be putting something on sort of a a little event going on and to get people geared up and that sort of thing so what sort of levels are you playing at sort of big games little games or uh, most games are between sort of 1500 and 2k now that's where we're, we're all sort of at i mean Stu Stu can feel sort of 3k of his fists and we've got another guy in iron warriors guy who's got about 4k and there are people with bigger armies but the majority of us have all sort of started off or have jumped in since we we've kind of got this going so there's a lot of people with, you know, just calf box sets and maybe a bit or two here and there or people proxying their 40K models in for now, just keeping it going. So we're at that kind of level at the moment. But the event we're running, well, we're running in a couple of weeks, actually, uh, what's it, 13th of August. It was, it's not been a massive thing. It was more kind of me saying to the, the guys at the club who were, saying, who were still dilly-dallying and saying, right, here's, a, here's, a, here's an event. Get your army built up for that. 1,500 points. We're gonna, just going to have a day of gaming. And it gave everyone kind of a a target to work to to get everything painted cool very cool nice way to see see that sort of stuff happening so yeah. uh, it sounds 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 interesting I, i'm sure the uh, the the pork related banter is kind of interesting at the club at the best of times <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean the main thing is it's a fully licensed bar and we can all have a beer and an adult beverage while we're playing we i played a 40k tournament there uh, about two weeks ago because i said to the guys i play and um they didn't believe me when I said at nine o'clock I'd be on the beer, and I was on the beer at nine o'clock while they were doing the safety briefing at the start before they paired the first matches up. So I was hammered by the time we played the fourth game, and I was on the bottom table. I was quite happy. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. That that's proper hardcore. I like the sound of that. Good good job on that one, man. Good job. That's that's how it's got to be. That's got to be how it rolls out. Oh yeah, we we I definitely play to the Australian model. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. We need to. If that's the case, then we need to get some sort of uh, uh, beer, beer and heresy event going on. Do sort of a, a pub call, pub call event somehow, some way. Oh yeah, the, the the guys over in Oz didn't they? They ran that. Was it a Zone Mortalis pub crawl? Yeah, yep. I was. I think that was Andrew Hollis and the boys did. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that I'd in just... the prison colony of the prison colony oh I yeah it was yeah yeah, yeah. Colony, it's yeah. the inception the inception colony basically <laughs> yeah it, sound, it sounded awesome it sounded like by the time i played my first game i'd be asleep under the table with my head on my miniatures you had a lovely rule for, of uh, actually using beer bottles as terrain as well yeah. <laughs> nice yeah no i think there was a whole um yeah, if memory serves, it's basically if somebody puts a glass down on the table, it becomes terrain. Yeah, yeah. So the more you drink, the more cover there is. Oh, that's just so fucking dangerous, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm playing Solar Orcs. He's playing Solar Orcs. How do you know? He's paralytically drunk, but he's got a wall. <laughs> a wall so of shot glasses. Wall, yeah, a wall of Oh, Jesus. A wall of shot glasses, man. That's cold. Oh, he's got an Aegeus line of uh, whiskey shots. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Jaeger bombs! Do you do Jaeger bombs? Two oh. glasses for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's tactics to this shit now. That's just a bad idea, man. It's seriously a bad idea. But yeah, so you guys are sort of, sort of slowly building your scene up there. Have you guys uh, had chance to uh, get any games in a Warhammer world? Because you were up there, like I said before, you were up there for the open day. Have you guys managed to get up there and you know take a take a game on one of their tables? Uh, we we took the club up there. Uh, last year, um, but this this is pre-play and heresy, 
uh, we took a, camp, uh, a day off and went up there. And I took my uh, I took my 40k stuff. And we had a four way game on that big towel table. We had a couple of towel players that they were up for a game. So we had a big Imperium versus towel there. But apart from that, I've not been up. I don't know if you've been up there before, Stu. I've only been up with uh, just sort of general trips up that way. So I've dropped in with a wife and, and last time before we went with with a little one, actually, which was interesting as he's running around the miniatures hall, <laughs> putting sticky fingers on the on the, uh, the, the the cabinets and stuff. But no, I've never been up there to game. That'd be, be definitely be something that'd be really cool to do one day. Yeah. I'm sure we will, actually, now. I think there's... There was talk of the club going up again in September, wasn't there? Um, and, and doing it again. So we may we may well get up there again soon. Oh, that'd be very awesome. So, I mean, you guys got to have a look around. And, and the reason I'm asking is because I'm trying to live vicariously through people who have actually <laughs> been there. Um, just uh, what, what's the place like? It's, uh, what's what's it like for the, uh, for the person who hasn't been there? How would you describe uh, Warhammer World? <laughs> Uh, you, you're not being there at all, not even. Not even. Honest, no, so. not even. Not even had the chance. Um, it's. Uh, it's, imp- it's changed a lot recently. They recently had a quite a big refurb, and they've they've changed the miniatures gallery, which is one room, into what is a really really big museum. And it cost a few quid. I remember the, the first time I went and had to pay. I was thinking, well, there used to be one room and just the studio armies in and some of the old Mike McVeigh stuff. And, you know, that was free. Why do I have to pay for it now? But it's, it's, it's a proper museum now. You can see what they charge just to keep the, 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 the upkeep of it. Yeah. Um, it's, there's about, is there five rooms, Tom, I think? Five yeah, something like that. Rooms. So the massive displays are huge. There's a, there's a really big one at the end, which is not many people might have done this either, but there's a big Harry Potter, um, this sort of exhibition on at the Warner Brothers near just outside London. And you can go and see the real sets from the film. And there's, there's one of the, the sort of the, the big school there, which is massive, that size of a tennis court. And it's, it's nearly as close as that in size, isn't it? But it's, um, massive, massive, massive diorama. So he's really jaw dropping stuff. Definitely worth a trip. Definitely, definitely worth a trip. Awesome, and then there's uh, then there's the whole Bugmans and yeah, the whole gaming space and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, um, you've, you've got your Black Library shop, you've got your Forge World shop, you've got your normal GW there, and you've got your Bugmans, and then you've got your large gaming area as well, and some really really incredible tables that you can book out and, and play on. Especially if you don't sort of have the space at home. I'm, I'm quite lucky; I've got space, but some people don't ever play on nice tables. Um, and if you you know, it's a bit of a dream, I should imagine, especially some some of the gamers without so much money we don't you know living at the, living at home with the parents still um to go and play on these massive tables that are built up by the hobby staff there because they're really really incredible awesome well it, sound, it sounds like a hell of a lot of fun and i think uh, we have we have been talking at some point about a podcast pilgrimage so uh yeah we, we may have to drag ourselves out there at some point you should definitely yeah, do it not as a wicked night out as well so if you can combine it all in it's uh there's enough enough good bars and things there. You can have a really yeah. really good time. I think I've got got a few people who'd be dragging me around Nottingham if I could do that. So sounds like a laugh. Yeah, well, awesome. we'd be game. We'd come up and see you. And um, absolutely, you've, you've been out up there a few times, haven't you? And my my in-laws live in Derby, which is half an hour an hour away. So I'm sure we can convince them for a reason to get up there. Well, I'm very lucky that I've got a very, very good friend of mine who lives in uh, uh, Glossop, just outside of Manchester. So I'm pretty sure I could uh, get some crash space sorted and uh, drag us out there. So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. And then, obviously, we're going to try and drag you out to Sweden at some point as well. Yeah, sounds good. That would be awesome. That's that's the sort of thing that we do. Um, But, yeah, so we'll work something out. Um, So, yeah, let's let's sort of have a look. Who's going to start us off? Chris. 
You're still yeah. there, buddy? Good, good. You're still there. Um, you need to hit us up with your um, your hobbying progress. Let's start off there. What's what's on your table at the moment? Currently, there's uh, a couple of uh, Cataphracti Terminators and a, pre- and a Reaver Lord in Terminator armor. And my little Seat Breaker I'm building and my 10 Mark II Last Cannon team. For reasons um, unknown. Well, <laughs> why not? Everyone needs a 10-man last cannon team. And yeah. the other under stuff, the Cataphracti and the Reaver Lord, is for my Scandus Sonmortalis list. Yeah, which uh, which we may talk about later on. Yep. Which uh, is going to be a lot of fun, I think. So that's basically my what's on my table. I'm trying to assemble them quietly and then going to prime them tomorrow, probably. Before. So, uh, uh, spoiler warning: there may be some hobby noise in the background. <laughs> yeah, this is not mine. <laughs> well, there may be. You never know. I'm just sort of, you know. All right. Just okay. Saying, fine. Right. It might be mine. All right. Jesus Christ! You have to be such a pain in the ass. <laughs> well, it's not mine currently, then. Yeah. Let, let's be a bit more specific. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I found uh, that I actually had a ten Mark II heavy support guys and last cannons in a box, so I thought I would put them to use. Fair enough. I mean, you know, who doesn't have that, that sort of resin hanging around and, you know, the, all the bits to sort of just drop that sort of thing on? Exactly. It's well, just a standard stuff you have hanging around. In the yeah, yeah. You're not a resin cracker at all, are you? No, I'm actually not even sure why I bought them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, yeah, it took me... It, it, was it, it, was prob- a, it was probably a list idea. From my Iron Hands back in the day. Ah, so it wasn't it wasn't a drunken purchase then. No, it it was back in the day last year about this time. Fair enough. Yep. So some somebody's due a random uh, random purchase for next year now, are you? Nah, not now. Not now. Not now. Wait until the student loan hits and then go for it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. Because Linus from the Norton Heresy has dared me to get a second Warhound, so. Oh, that, that that's that's uh, that's a dare you ha- you can't let drop. You know you're gonna have to look at it. You can uh, always build one; it would be cheaper. Yeah, uh, the, I'd rather get one of the Ordinatus Minoris, the Bellicosa Volcano Cannon one. Because that nothing says no friends like um, <laughs> like well, uh, like a Mechanicum super heavy weapon thingy that just is brutal. Well, in a three thousand points list, running Matrix of Ruin, I could have both that and the Warhound. You so. could. You really are the no friends guy, aren't you? Well, uh, that, if I were no friends, I could run a Leviathan list and just use the Sonic Cannon one as a warlord, because then it kind of Overwatch. Ah, well, so that that could happen. Um, yeah, and that won't that won't make you popular. That uh, <laughs> that wipes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, Stuart, what are you working on right now, buddy? I'm. Uh, I've got um, a ten-man plasma support squad, which I should have done actually in the next sort of half an hour or so. Just a bit of powder to go on, and then edging the bases. And I'm currently working on my Sakara and Venator as well. Ooh, so uh, lots of lots of lots of filth there, really. But um, yeah, it's crack, <laughs> cracking on there. And once I've, once I've done those, I've got very very little left of my sort of three thousand points. So it's uh, it's coming along quicker than I've ever painted anything before. Uh, 
ever, I think. I don't remember the last time I had a complete painted army um, in any system. So um, it's definitely something to do with the, the heresy bug and the motivation it gets when you're sort of chatting to people at a club with like-minded sort of ideas and things. It really pushes you along. Never really had that with War Machine and Halls. It was more about what you were going to try next oh. and only about that rather than what you're going to try and how you're going to paint it and how you're going to build it and how you're going to model it. And I think you get all of that with, with, with heresy. So it's a, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. It's definitely one of those, um, all, all consuming, all inclusive kind of games. I think as, as I find it, you could find, find there's a little bit of something for everybody in it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, since October last year, I don't think I've read anything that's not been heresy. I, I even though I'd already read the sort of first eight or nine books. I started them again. I'm up to, I'm on Legacies of Betrayal at the moment. So I've worked all the way through that and then building lists and things. I don't think I've done anything other than heresy thought thinking for about six or seven months now. So definitely hooked. Yeah, that, that might be a little indication. Uh, and most people would say you've got a problem. Um, the, the rest of us who know what you're talking about are saying, you know, welcome, welcome to the club. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, I was going to ask you a question actually. With the the painting work for uh, Miniature Realms, um, <clears throat> how I mean, you mentioned you do it part time. How yep. much sort of work are you picking up with uh, sort of how much of that is part time? If you mind me asking, <laughs> I get I get my, my little man's in nursery for for two days a week, so I actually do sort of two nine to five days, um, and then the rest of it's evenings not well, sort of two to four hours in the evenings depending on what i've got on and how much i've got to do i have a, a sort of a steady amount you know i'd always like more clients i've i've not been without work uh, this year when i've only really been doing it seriously this year so that's a de- decent place to be um, i could do more um but um yeah it's it's, it's a nice nice place to be with it really i'm doing loads and loads of halls and war machine stuff i've got a bit sort of a connection with some of the community there i used to run years ago I used to run a, a little um resin terrain business we used to make bases and base toppers and stuff and objectives for mainly aimed at war machine and hordes so i've picked up a lot of that community um as a, a sort of followers on twitter and things like that so i get an awful lot of war machine hordes malifo commissions a lot more than i do from from sort of the 30k side but again it's just what, what circles you're known in isn't it really i suppose i'm painting my own fist stuff and getting it up on my, my site has actually got me a lot of interest from different clients which is which is good because i don't want to just paint war machine and hall stuff it's lovely but it's a pitch to put together most of it it's, uh, <laughs> it's a paint to paint as well there's a lot of bad casts in there along with the good ones with gw stuff is just the bourgeois stuff is just so much easier and it's so much quicker to do as well but uh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, the two tangent. Uh, I I played uh, War Machine when it first came out. Yeah. Um, yep. And loved the, loved the game at that stage. Loved the loved the models. Big Kador fan. Um, but basically got very bored of it very quickly and, and sort of went off it. But I appreciate if you've got a market there, you sort of get in, get that involved and uh, get hooked up on that. But uh, seeing your um, oh, what was it the imperial fists leviathan you've just put up yeah i put put that finished that yesterday that um, is that is some i said to christopher that's some kind of sexy and he he actually said to me uh, memory serves chris you said uh, make you consider your next army or something like that and there was, yeah, there was so, so i think i said so that's your next army project then yeah and <laughs> i won't lie there was a pause uh, <laughs> looking at that going if i could do that then no, I'm an Iron Warrior through and through. It isn't going to happen. <laughs> it's old that, isn't it? I, I very nearly went with Iron Warriors. I think a lot of people who's there, the on paper traditional enemies 
Um, quite like it. I, I was. I think the only thing that stopped me going for Nine Warriors was I really wanted to choose a Loyalist Legion. Um, I don't know why, but at the time, uh, I think that's what I wanted to do. So that's why I went with the fist. But I very, very nearly went with the the Iron Warriors because I think they're the least, you know, at least during the Heresy, least chaosy and warped of the uh, traitor legions. I wanted them to still be sort of normal and rational thinking. I think with Perturabo, I almost feel sorry for him. I feel like he was uh, the maligned trick. little brother. Yeah, almost. exactly. So I feel, feel I shouldn't say this. I mean, there's going to be fist players out there that be shouting. Shouting heresy, funny enough. But no, I, uh, <laughs> I, I very, very close to doing them. But yellow's my favourite colour, and I think that's what that's what swung it. But thanks for the nice kind words about the Leviathan. I mean, I've been trying to do this army quickly to be honest with you. I could do it to a higher standard, but I've been doing it to the sort of one of the tabletop standards offered to my clients because I want to get it done. I want to get it painted on the table, so I want to spend a little bit longer with this. Um, that's that's um, yeah that is that's one I do two levels of tabletop and that's the okay. that's the highest standard tabletop. It's okay. amazing what you can do with with glazes and powders and weathering and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, do me a favour if you haven't already, post it up on our timeline and anybody who's listening to this episode, go and take a look. Seriously, I'm, oh, I'm loving I'm, lo- I'm loving the work. Sorry, I'm fanboying a little bit. It's really nice stuff. So go hit that up. Um, so yeah, that's what you're currently working on, Tom. You still there, bud? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm desperately trying not to screw up attack squads eye lenses, so I'm I'm in full on concentration mode. Uh, <laughs> so um, when I ask you the question, "What are you working on right now?" you've answered it with a polite, "Don't fucking talk to me. I'm trying to paint something." <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I've just finished one. One. I've got ten attack squad, ten attack marines on the desk. That I'm just working my way through to finish my two sets of compulsory troops for the list and. I stupidly was like, oh, I plan I'll do this, this and this, so that when I'm talking to the guys, I won't have much to do. And then I've got to the point where I'm doing eye lenses now. So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to screw them up. Every time I get to this stage, I screw them up. But they're getting there. They're getting there steadily. They're they're all pretty much up to their up to their colours now. I've done the most of the washes, get the eye lenses done, and then they can be glossed, ready for transfers to go on at some point. Very shiny. Very shiny indeed. And we will we will understand their role later on when we talk about the list. <laughs> yeah, the cannon fodder. <laughs> well, okay, we won't discuss it because that's the, <laughs> just, no, it there. Okay. The, the tactical squads. They're the meat. They're, they're the meat fodder that go out in front. <laughs> um, it's it's always nice to know that, that that's that's what the ultramarine fodder is. It's the yeah. it's almost an iron warrior approach, <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah, but it's not that they don't steal anything from us or anything, you know. No, they're, they're important boys. They, they've got a the key tactical role to play, and you'll see later what that is. <laughs> that, that that will be fun. Uh, yeah, we we shouldn't rag on the thirteenth so much, but <laughs> yeah, no, not not when one of their quad mortars does thirty six wounds and twenty uh, thirty six hits and twenty six wounds to a Raven Guard player. That's what happens when you rag on the Ultramarines too much. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, when we do face off, I'll, I'll just bring my two batteries of two, as two computers, <laughs> with my Phosphex, and then we'll see who's ragging on who, shall we? <laughs> just have an old, uh, a quad mortar off in the corner. Yeah, although we, we'll, tr- we'll see if we can get Kim to come along. Uh, Kim is one of the uh, Danish players, and the the uh, the rumour is that there there is a, a list floating about and that might have sourced from him for... Uh, an upcoming event which may have somewhere between 12 and 16 quad mortars. 
that smells cheesy. I that, like that, it. That, that, that smells epic levels of Gorgonzola. Uh, but on the other hand, there is rumours of someone actually bringing uh, River Mandible as well. Yeah, oh. there, there is that. Um, there's, well, there was a Nighthouse apparently, but that might might not be happening. And then might might also be Linus. Yeah, there might also be uh, Nights bringing an entire fucking Nighthouse. Uh, uh, I think uh, the the one with the Reaver actually brings a Nighthouse as allies for his uh, Leviathan list. Yeah. So basically, focus on a night at turn, ignore the reaver, and cap- capture scenario points. And pray to God that you're actually still on the table <laughs> afterwards. You mean? Yeah. yeah. That's uh, you basically can't kill the reaver and the knights in a game. No. So focus on the th- things that you can kill relatively easily. Run, run around, go! Don't hit me! Don't hit me! Don't hit me! Don't hit me! <laughs> Please don't bring any templates. Please don't bring any templates. Please don't bring any templates. Uh, yeah, it depends on what uh, armament the Reaver have as well. Might have the true. apocalyptic uh, vortex missile on top. Ugh. At which point it's like, do I really need to put my missile? Do I need to put my miniatures out on the table? Do I have to really? It's, it, it, it's basically a black hole, like te- the ten-inch template wandering around the table. Or yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> just just no. Wrong. Um, yeah. So anyway, um uh, tangent, mal tangent, but this happens. Um so I guess it's kind of on to me then about hobbying, um at this rate. Um so what am I working on? I currently have I've just finished building this week, I have built my four quad mortars. Um, I've actually built them out of a, a set of Cromlech orc howitzers to yeah. sort of fit in with the theme of my uh, my Iron Warriors army, which is uh, basically a group of uh, or a grand company or battalion or whatever. I haven't decided what size we're going with yet. Um, that have been uh, on extended extended uh, operation to the point where they're basically taking stuff from their. Uh, uh, militia and solar orcs allies and basically going that's ours now and then retrofitting it to make it work um and so yeah slightly beaten up look to stuff uh finished the primus medicaid finally thanks to chris donating some awesome little bits for uh the needle gun or needle pistol that's going on top of that or needle combi bolter in this case it's right? basically yeah it's a needle combi <laughs> bolter it's a combi bolter with a needle needle pistol slapped to it um so basically, quality work is what I'm saying. Uh, and then I've got my five breaches, and I've just realised that um, I don't actually have any shoulder pads. So I now need to go and source at least ten Mark III Marines. Um, yeah, that's a slight problem. And I've been building the uh, the quad mortar crew as well, which is. Um, a little bit of fun with uh i'm doing some cust- custom build stuff on that um again with the whole repurposed equipment and stuff like that so uh sort of servo servo har- uh, harness computer thingies and stuff and yeah all that sort of jazz so um yeah i've, I've been pretty busy this week to be fair um my grand plan is to uh basically get absolutely everything um built and base coated and then basically batch paint them as I go along um, and hopefully get stuff done. So, <laughs> cause you know, 
it's not like we've got the VARI 3 event coming up anytime soon that needs these things being built. <laughs> yeah, we have several months of that. It's like six weeks away. Yeah, several months. a month and a half. Yeah, and, and no, I, I, I'm not that fast at painting, so... Um, that's, <laughs> Bites you on the arse quick, that, doesn't it? You think you're yeah. fine, and suddenly... I'm still trying to work out what I'm actually bringing to a warrior. Yeah, you're on your, like, what, what 15th, 16th list or something like that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I might have to email them and say that I have to change army. Uh, yeah, you might... I'm put down as uh, doing iron, war- iron hands on that one. Yeah, you might want to change that over to uh, give give guys a bit of a uh, heads up as how they can do things. Uh, the organisers got a bit of a chance, but uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically, I've been hobbing hobbing the shit out of the hobby um, recently and base coating and burning up my lead belcher and you know bits and pieces here and there. So I'm I think I'm literally some shoulder pads, a couple of arms that are coming through from eBay and some comms packs coming from Anvil away from uh, getting these dudes sorted. So I'm kind of happy with that. Um and by sorted I mean all the bits in one place. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, general hobbying um ah shit stuff um uh, things. Well, uh, it's just adding to the pile of bits, eh? Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's nothing wrong with piles of bits. It's just when you lose that one bit and, you know, what is it? Uh, Michael from, uh, Radio Freestyle shared that thing. It's, uh, the, the breakdown of hobbying. It's like 75% of your time is finding that little bit I had here like one minute ago and <laughs> managed to lose. But at least he can blame his cat these days. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I can't, I can blame my cat, but, you know, I happen to have two pairs of the old GW clippers, you know, the black rubber handled ones. And I've managed to use one pair, put it down, turn around, turn back, lose them, use the second pair, lose that as well in the same hobby space within the space of five minutes. And just looking, <laughs> thinking to myself, I've got children. How am I considered a responsible adult if I could lose something within two things within arm's reach? Well, to be fair, as long as you're just losing the clippers, it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's so. It's quite I mean. a lot harder to explain why you lost one of the kids. <laughs> so what you're saying is lose both of them at the same time and it's going to be an easy discussion? Well, at least both are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't actually want to have to put that one to the test with my wife, but you know, it could happen. Um, yeah. they, might, they might be together. They'll be fine. They might be together. If they got into the same, if they both got into the same van, it'll be fine. <laughs> David, David Cameron left his in the pub and he was a prime minister for years after that. So if he can do it, you can get away with it. Yeah, but I haven't stuck my cock in a pig's head, so no. <laughs> I, I've got nothing else that can top that, basically. Well, I'm not, not sure how that's how he got himself out of trouble. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, I'm a bad parent, but look what happened. I stuck my cock in a pig's head. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, if we leak this, they'll forget about the kid thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, accidentally having a referendum. Yeah. That's accidentally making us come out of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. yeah let's, let's not go into that one. That's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like mentioning Pokemon and, you know, stuff like that. There are a whole other podcasts that could happen from that. <laughs> Probably don't want to go down there. Um, not yet, anyway. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. But, um, yeah, so 
uh, where are we? So that that sort of hobby shiz, I guess, out of the way. Um, there's talk about news. There's nothing. Um, basically, there's nothing new coming out from the uh, from the uh, the forge that I can see, or um, nothing new that's relevant. Basically, unless you want to do some sort of techno thing, horde, I don't know, technocracy thingy with the the fish people. As well, uh, counters. There, there are some lovely bullcantars for your militia. Actually, yeah, I won't lie. After the last session, that the Shartor uh, the Executioner. I'm just wondering if I can count that as a bane blade <laughs> or a knight. Or a knight, yeah, it's pretty. He's pretty boss, actually. Yeah, and they also have this Balkantar execution herd. That's just 282 pounds. Yeah, that's that's my um after that that's my um, what do you call them Sentinel squadron sorted. Yeah, you know that's just uh, 11 models for 282 pounds, but they are looking quite awesome actually. They look fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, just trying to look. I'm literally looking at the models now, going, oh look at that. They've got leather straps that hold their uh, plating on. They, they they could be extended to make it look like they're holding las cannons on the arm as well. Um, yeah, and the leader for the herd actually got uh, like quite similar to a chaos dwarf head. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I they're probably not called that anymore. No, they're probably called angry dwarden or you know bad, bad dwarden. Bad, yeah, naughty dwarden or. Yeah. or Tuatha Danon or I don't know something random. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, there's nothing new new out, but there is some rumours out, and I think I think it's always worth addressing a little bit of rumours. I mean, it's it's um, rumours, wish listing, take your pick. But um, it was about this time we started getting some uh, decent uh, talk about plastic heresy miniatures in the first instance, and look where that took us. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, something, was it, Stuart, Tom, was it, one of you guys, uh, mentioned it earlier on before we started recording? Uh, there's something out and about, do you want to, do you want to chat us in and bring us in on that one? Yeah, well, the unnamed one of us, he, he loves the internet, and, uh, <laughs> he's always first to tell us everything that's happening on the internet, so he came through with confirmed rumours today, but, uh, how confirmed is it, I'll leave it up to you, but, uh, was it Plastic? Mark II and Mark III breaches and assault marines and some Tartarus Terminators. Apparently, that's going to be the new box set. So it's pretty exciting. That sounds pretty good. I will pretty much just hand cash over again when it comes out. But you know, that's uh, rumor mongering, and we'll, you know, I take it with a pinch of salt. As long as we don't see any sprues, eh? Yeah, if I see some sprues, then I'll start to believe it. Yeah, yeah, fair point. I mean, that, on that's the sort of hand. Bit. We started to see sprue picks about a week or two after. The rumours last year. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it could well be there. It's just, you know, like I said, when, when I see some some proof, I'll believe it. And I've, I, I got into the 40k rumours side for a while when I got back into it. And I've just learned that until somebody actually shows you a picture or something, it's probably not worth believing. Yeah. And, it, and even then, you're kind of a little bit dubious. Yeah. Because Photoshop is pretty pretty epic these days. And, you know, some people just have way too much time on their hands. Yeah, Freddie's holiday pictures. It looks like he's having a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does literally look like he, he's sort of gone into a war zone and is having far too much fun doing that. <laughs> and he's fighting uh, raptors as well. So. Yeah, yeah, with a with a helicopter. In the pool. <laughs> In the pool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, a... it's Freddie, man. I mean, this this is how it is. I think You're never quite sure if they could actually be true. 
Bless it. To be fair, I wake up each morning and turn on Facebook, and the first thing I see is that video of him doing press-ups. It's not the, <laughs> yeah. not the nicest way to wake up everyone. It's almost like a, a virtual reality being Freddie's wife for uh, for a couple of minutes each morning. <laughs> <laughs> where are you, hang on. Hang on. Well, where are you down to Freddie doing a press-up motion in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Should I say something here? Or... Well, well yeah. at, least there, at least there's a new video every day. So. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know how to process that comment. <laughs> well, we've got, got to lower the tone, and we, we've been we've been far too normal for the last sort of 10 minutes or so. so. Yeah, to be fair, Freddie isn't here, so we do need to lower the tone as fast as possible. It's also nice that we got to this from actually talking rumours about the next box. <laughs> this is how we do things, man. You know, if we, yeah, don't, if we don't tangent, we don't, we're not doing our job right. I really want some more Terminators, though. Yeah, I, I, to, I won't lie. Plastic Tartarus would be amazing, but then basically, what the fucking hell is Forge World going to sell? Um, that's uh, my it main makes point. sense. It, it makes Thanks. loads of sense. The update just just to remove some pip codes, doesn't it? And the stuff that's going to be selling a lot of it is going to be ripping up molds. Um, so you get rid of all of your your base level marines, and you just means you can do loads more upgrade kits and loads more of the bigger kits and the specialist stuff i think it makes makes sense and, for them uh, as a company and looking at the calf marines the little cal terminators the cataphracti ones they don't really that, that kit don't, don't really come with all the weapon options either yeah yeah so you're uh, gonna buy more with, stuff because uh, yeah, you want just... to get the, the fl- heavy flamer and the uh, lightning claws on power fists and chain fists and not the, any power weapons really yeah, it, it just, fixes it the just, scale a bit as well, doesn't it? Because the scale's a bit different from the plastic to the, yeah, the resumes. It, it just seemed like it, it just as much as I don't get me wrong, I want to see plastic mark two, I'd love to see well, I'd love to see plastic mark three, love to see plastic mark two. It just seems like a, a bit of a crazy thing to take it almost the mainstay of, of uh, the, the core game away from the, the company that started it. But then again, you'd go and buy all your tanks and all your characters and all your goob, goob, gubbins and upgrades and everything for Forge World anyway. So, and shoulder pads, heads, torsos. Yeah. Let, let Forge World do what they're good at. Let them let them do the nice bits and let G-Dub's machine crank out you know, basic bodies for people. Yeah, yeah. this is true. And uh, I, I won't lie, plastic breaches would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, it definitely would. Though that's going to make me want to read. I've got thirty breaches all done, converted from Mark IV Calf Marines, and, and I'm going to have to go and redo them all <laughs> if they bring out these things. <laughs> that's uh, probably why they're releasing the Ultramarine shields. Yeah, yeah, like upgrade shields for them. Yeah, yeah. That, that would actually make sense having that. Yeah. And uh, there are the cataphractic terminator shoulder pads these days as well. So hope they sell more of those in the long run. Well, they converted all the um, all the resin models and all the the guns and stuff over to be to have the hand on the barrel, didn't they, and work like that. So yeah, it would make sense to convert more of the armor bodies over to plastic in that shape, so everything's compatible then. Yeah. I mean, it it makes it does. I won't lie. It does make sense. There's a, there's a lot of sense to it. I still look at it and go uh, a little bit dubious, but that I'm just I'm a an old um <laughs> i've been playing gw for way too long to see see things go disappear be screwed over and be okay basically what i say is i'm, j- I'm jaded that's what i'm saying <laughs> i am jaded um actually i've just literally clicked on uh one of the 30k groups and found the the list that's floating around which uh the unnamed may have found um, and this is uh, five Tartarus Terminators. <laughs> <laughs> Told you we're not letting this go. Um, Tartarus Termi- a Tartarus Terminator officer, 
10 uh, Mark III Breacher Marines, a Breacher Officer, which could be interesting, um, 10 Assault Marines and 10 uh, Mark III uh, Marines in general, which follows the CALF format. Um, so the Breacher, yeah. Breacher Officer is probably the Chaplain equivalent then? Yeah, I'm guessing it's the Chaplain equivalent, and I, I'm guessing the... Um, the breacher marines are kind of the offset of the um, the dreadnought, um, in my head anyway. Yeah. Um, they had a rumor for a while that there would be a their deal dreadnought in that box, but uh, uh, yeah, that, no, that 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 no. was truly wish listing in yeah. my head. Uh, but on the other hand, a pose kind of fits a plastic monopose kit. Yeah. That would that would work too. Um, it is actually it would look, probably look better in plastic pose compared to um, <laughs> the Contemptor, which you know. Yeah, because every portable Contemptor is yeah. quite fluid in the motion. I, I don't know why they dropped the ball so much on that one because everything else was absolutely spot on, and it was just the legs to be honest with you. The rest of it was fine. It just I don't understand. So they rushed it at the end, wasn't it? It was a bit kind of shit. We forgot his legs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Make them flat. It's such a shame. I've reposed mine a little, but it just seemed, especially with the price of it individually, when it's so close to the, the, the resin ones, you just wouldn't buy it, would you? Uh, you don't uh, take the weapons into account. It's actually more expensive than the resin body. <laughs> I like two pounds. Or one pound if you buy the Legion-specific one. Yeah. And you'd get, you'd get a much better-looking... Um, piece of kit if you just kept the plastic arms from the Kalth box and went out and bought one. Um, yeah, or just uh, sourced them from eBay or a friend or something. Yeah, you know, hit your friends up with their, their resin crack stores and stuff. I mean, not many people do that, right, Chris? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, at least. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a nice little bit of uh, rumour. It's the same sort of thing as the and I'm about to hit the reset button. The the uh, sisters of battle coming back in. Squats coming back in. You know all that sort of stuff. Well, that... we have already mentioned chaos dwarfs as well. So yeah, yeah. Should we mention the Bretonians? <laughs> well, I think I think they they went. I think they they they're unfortunately gone and gone. I think they rode out into a lake and and you know. Yeah, they, they never they never got their eighth book, did they? Uh, rumors were proved false and they drowned. Yep. <laughs> But then this time last year, we were all saying there'll never be plastic heresy. And uh, there's also starting to get rumours for the, like a plastic warhound next year. Oh. What? Yeah, but that's, that's uh, quite a lot of uh, sailing needed for that one. <laughs> but they have the, machi- they have the machines because GW's spent like two, £2.2 million pounds on new yeah. yeah. moulding equipment. That's the sensible way of doing it, to be honest with you. When things start to get that size, then it's it's almost not worth doing it in resin. That's that's a crazy amount of casting. I wonder how many they throw away under quality, quality control as well, versus well, how many they sell. Well, there's uh, a reason there's a war, warlord in a display case in Warworld. <laughs> on a bit on the floor of the lying toppled, basically. Yeah, mm. it, 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 yeah. It's 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 honestly one of the reasons why I want to find out where the Forge World Studios are and where they throw that stuff, and then suddenly have a really really cool looking um, calf ball which happens to have destroyed titans on it. <laughs> Not that I might have been thinking about or planning this in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> at all, maybe possibly. Well, well that's probably a bit of. Uh... 
<laughs> large uh, miscast in the uh, storage locker, if anything, else, if nothing else. Yeah, true. I'm just, uh, I, I guess, I'm a bit, bit hesitant of flying out to the UK on a whim and, you know, <laughs> getting, why, getting caught for breaking and entering without at least some <laughs> sort of. Uh, idea. That's why they have all these uh, display bases for the Primarchs and characters these days. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, we've got another busted up night. Um, I'm doing Pedorabo. How do we make this work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it's, just, it's just how stuff works. That's what we should have done when we were up at the Forge. Uh, the Open Day Studio has gone dumpster diving. Well, hang so around by find... the bins. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome, yeah. To be fair, we were stood by the bins when we queued up halfway around the blooming car park, weren't we? When, when we got yeah, there. we were. That's true, very true. They didn't look very good either, did they? Stuff everywhere. I don't know what they would do. It's like someone had been in there going through the bins. I think they were yeah, yeah. food. They... Somebody beat you to it, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why we didn't bother. We'd already seen the good stuff had gone. <laughs> oh, man. Sucks. You can't, you just can't, sometimes you just can't win. I was looking for that off-cast Mastodon. Oh, oh, don't even get me started. I so need one of those in my life. Oh, it was scary, the amount of people. When we were in the queue for the, the, obviously the open day, they had a sort of separate sales area for all the limited edition stuff, which we ran in to get in the queue to get the books and stuff. And uh, the amount of people walking over those big red boxes that they put things like the Stormboard, uh, Stormbird and the Mastodon in, the Mastodons were just everywhere. They were flying off the shelves. Yeah, I know Michael um, had his agents. Michael from the uh, Eye of Horus had his agents on the ground and managed to pick one up, and you know, yeah. it's very happy. And um, I've I've been I've been wish listing an army based around one of those as its mobile command center. Well, you basically have to plan your army around it. Yeah, this is true, but it's it's kind of an army that I'm going to need a five thousand point game to play. Because um, yeah. that's, that's, that's doable. Once, once a year, maybe something like that. It's not it's a lot of money to spend on something you're not going to use very often, I suppose. But it's oh no, I'll, I'll find a way of putting it in every game I play if I have to. Even if it's a piece of scenery. <laughs> well, <laughs> if it's, it's an objective. It's like, what are we doing? Uh, we're raiding to steal the computer laptop from inside the uh, the mastodon. Again. Yes, I need to make money out of this. <laughs> I'm not money. sure I like it. I don't. I'm still not sure I like the Scott. It looks better now. I've seen it in person, but I still still think it's a bit off. I, I think I shared with with you on the day, didn't I? Like the, bat, the Thundercats battle tank or whatever it was. It looks a bit. Oh, there's the colour scheme sorted, done. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, someone was on one of the, one of the Facebook groups yesterday um, asking how to go about building one, scratch scratch build one. <laughs> um, yeah, good luck, bloody hell. Good luck. Well, well, try to see if you can source a Thundercats tank and go from there. That's what I did. I, I, that was my reply. I just posted a picture. Said find one of these. <laughs> Wasn't very helpful, but. Have you seen the chap who's been posting in a few groups who's who scratch built his Spartan and he's now scratch building a Typhon? His buddy's a good friend of the show, actually. He's, oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Loads of stuff it looks amazing, like fair play. Yeah. He's gone out and it looks spot on. And he's he's also working on a second up. Spartan. Wow. Because he <laughs> wanted two Spartans and a Typhon in his army. I wonder how much he spent on plastic card. It's probably uh, it's when he tots it up and realises that he could have bought a couple. That would be heartbreaking, <laughs> wouldn't it? But it would be, but I get I get the feeling it. he's a smart guy and he's probably made it yeah. made it work cheaper oh, than you know. He probably build like three or four of them for the price of one. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, he, he, he does some very good work. But yeah. proper old school stuff, isn't it? I remember the Bane Blade plans being in a white dwarf many, many years ago, but I'm just showing my age again now. So I have a copy polish. of those. <laughs> I have an actual <laughs> copy of those. <laughs> I might have those in the attic. <laughs> I wonder how many people started that but never finished it. I think it's in a few people's lofts, one, one track of a Bane Blade. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Basically. No, I, I, I won't lie. I've looked into because uh, a while back Chris challenged me to build a Titan, and I'm still going to do that challenge. But I, I've got the plans and I've, I've printed them out, and you basically scale them up onto A4. And um, my thought was, okay, I just take some uh, spray mount, pay, paste the paper onto it, and then cut the pieces out around it. And it's like, uh, oh shit, how many sheets of plastic art am I going to need to do that with? <laughs> uh, I'm going to take my time and cut these bits out and be a bit more specific about it then. But uh, yeah, it, it's doable. It's doable. Just and, do it for the new epic. And to be fair, yeah. you yeah. have the would have a what, the cool looking warhound as well. The the more boxy one. Yeah. The with the, pattern. Yeah. With the prevalence of these laser cut people now doing the MDF, if you've got the plans. Maybe they could transfer it and laser cut it in MDF and get an MDF tie-in. Probably. Oh, okay. First things first, we want 20% of whatever, if anybody goes out and starts doing that and selling. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm taking commission on that. Uh, yeah, to, these guys get 20% of the 20%. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. That's, that's, that's how you make some money. <laughs> or at least we all get a free MDF Titan. Yeah, I'll take a free MDF Titan. I'll be happy with that. I'd be very happy with a free MDF Titan, actually. <laughs> That's exactly... We're going to have to get on to the boys at the Forgotten Legion and uh, a few other lads. I think they'd be very up for that idea, actually. Yeah, scratch build, laser cut, MDF Titan. Yeah. yeah it's it's, it's got to happen. It's, it's, it's going to have to. There's, uh, there, there, there's some money to be made in that. Yeah, really you, you're going to need to make some money when GW's uh, lawyer department comes down on you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've no idea what you're doing. We're doing woodcraft here. It's nothing to do with 20 yeah. millimeter scale plastic modelling. What are you on about? It's, it's an arts and crafts uh, project. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, not made out of plastic. That's the important part. Yeah, 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 it's, totally. It's an organic thing. It's made out of wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, See, we can bullshit our like way. This. We can bullshit our way around this all the way. We'll find uh, a way. My my profession is bullshitting. That's what I do for a job. So I'm pretty good. I can usually work a way around something. Oh, you're in sales. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, professional bullshitting sales. Yeah. Speaking of bullshitting, should we move on? Should we move on? Oh, <laughs> slick. That, that was a that was a slick. That not only was that a burn, that was a segue at the same time. That was a burning segue. Right. Yep. It's like your first piss in the morning after a bad curry. <laughs> Well, as long as it's just a piss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything else, it really hurts. So the last time I had a bad curry, it wasn't a piss. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it wasn't a bad curry, or maybe her name was curry. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway uh, yeah, should we move on to doing our list section? So yes. every now and then we, we, we either get one of our guests or we ourselves will, will uh, throw up an interesting list that we'd like to talk about. And uh, do you want to do it tonight, Chris, or shall I have a go? I can do it, because I need a bit of input on my list. <laughs> Fair enough, you crack on then, buddy. Yeah, and this is my li- my Son Mortalis list for Scandus, or at least the trial version of it. And it's a Black Shields list. Ooh. And it's a Black Shield Reaver Lord with Cataphracti armor and... Uh, combo weapon, and it's a laser and a halo blade. And the halo blade is quite nice. It's a... Uh, Plus three strength and AP three and uh, 
No, it doesn't have the murder, murder strike or anything from the Paragon Blade, though. Oh, that's a shame. It will, it, but it would still be a strength 7 AP3 attack from the Lord. <laughs> strength 7 AP3, yeah, that, that'll mess up a few things. Yeah. And then we have my lead choice, and that's the the first one is a Contempt of Mortis with uh, Twin Keras. Assault Cannons. Yeah. Because uh, they are always nice in Sormortalis. Okay, yeah, well, no arguments there. Keep going. And then the second uh, lead choice is a Terminator Squad with uh, Cataphracti Armor. And they got two Chain Fists, a Heavy Flamer and uh, two Power Fists, and a Thunder Hammer on the Sergeant. Just because. <laughs> Just because, yeah. And then we have troops, and there's we there have a a thirty marauder strong, actually marauder strong squad with uh, two pariah flamers. That's a torrent, a strength four torrent ones. If you use the overpressure rule, and uh, melter bombs on the marauder chief. All of them also have bolters that don't have the flamer. And then a f- five man. Tactical support squad with pariah flamers. And they're, nice. they're running Orphans of War, so they have rerolls to hit within six inches on, of, the, of another infantry unit. Uh, that, that, yeah, that, that, is that everything on the list? Yeah, that's everything on the list. That's one. That, that sounds kind of brutal. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I'll go throw it out to our guests. What do you guys think? Yeah, sounds like I don't want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds really nice. I think you should, was it the the River Lord the one you shared with us earlier, Chris, with the, with a massive axe. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, he looked, yeah, he looks awesome. He looks really good. He sounds, yeah, it sounds pretty brutal to be fair. I don't, yeah, I don't think many people have had a lot of experience against Black Shields lifts. I know we've not seen any locally because we're all quite new and things. I don't know if you guys have seen seen much in your meta. So. Fre- Freddy plays some, but uh, I haven't played them yet. And I can't say anything about playing games because I've, I've still yet to actually do that. So uh, I am working on that at some point very soon now. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably the tournament I play in like six weeks' time. That's, that's yeah. the way to do it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm probably coming down the, the day before. So. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we can get a game in at my place the night before. We'll see. Unless you're working. <laughs> and then we'll still do it anyway. It's fine. Because <laughs> that's how we do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I think the only thing that I've I've ever picked up is Cataphracti Terminators in Zone Mortalis are slow. Yep. Um, that's why so, I have two troop choices as well. Ah, uh, okay. So it's basically they get there when they get there, but when they get there, they kind of hit hard, kind of thing, or. Yeah, they're basically the movable object for the fast-moving hammer. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and there's uh, a total of seven torrent flamers in it, the list. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got the strength force and torrent if you use the overpressure rule, otherwise you use the regular flamers. Cause, so you yeah. get the bonus, you get the shred rule as well. Oh, you will. That's just nasty. Yeah, so they can... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you see somebody with them, you're going to flatten them. You're going to fry them in a corridor. That's nasty. <laughs> and you're going to shoot round corners. <laughs> you are literally going to shoot round corners. You can build a wall of fire. Literally wall of fires. That's rotten. I just clicked on that one. 
That's absolutely horrific. That's just, oh, you're around there. Um, okay. Well, technically, you still need to draw a line of sight, don't you? Well, I need to draw a line of sight to the bottom of the template. Because I have placed a template at the range of the of a template, basically. But don't you need to uh, draw a line of sight to target the unit first? No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, because that's why you've got barrage, haven't you? That you, you allows you to fire indirectly. Yeah, because the only thing I can do is... Uh, Place a, I place a template at the end of the template's range, basically. But I can't uh, really, as long as no one can see them, I can't just flame in the, into a room that I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, long as you can see one of them, you can see a bit of one model, then you can fire away around the corner. You can throw somebody up the front yep. of the squad to, to spot to spot for them and keep your flamers tucked around the back yeah, of the corner to uh, keep them safe. And then, yeah, up goes the wall of flame. Yeah, and thankfully the sergeant at least have artificial armor, so... Yeah, stick him up front to tank, tank a few shots and then yep. let release the wall of death. <laughs> that could be pretty freaking awesome and, <laughs> and, and scary. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm glad we're going to be on the same team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad we're going to be on the same team. Yeah. And you're not, not at allowed least, to. At least, at least on Scandus. At least on Scandus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're probably going to end up facing off against each other when it comes to... Uh, um called to uh Avario, but you know, that'll be yeah, fun. Or, or the one at BSK. Oh Boros, yeah, maybe a Boros as well. We'll get to, we'll get to have that fun as well. Sorry, I've just randomly had something show up in a chat and somebody sent the Jen oh god. Sorry. This is gonna make great radio, but I'll try to remember to put it on our timeline. Jen's from Northern Heresy has just sent through a picture of all the Space Marine Legions. As if they, uh, as represented by SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one kicking around. That's good. Because you know that that that's that that makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, com- completely luckily uh, going on tangent, but you know we do that anyway. But yeah, okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> no, Chris, I think the the list looks, sounds really really good. I think the only the only thing I would ever see a problem with is the speed of the the cataphracti and the the character and that. Yeah, but uh, that's why I have the other. That's why I have two other troop choices. Uh, the troop choices. Yeah. I have something that actually can move because they can't cap any objectives anyhow. They can just contest. Yeah, I mean, I depending think... on what what mission we play, though. Yeah, and I th- yeah, I, I think... think it's all down to that. So uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you're gonna. Uh, Get stuck at the first door and never get to move anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I was going to leave that one go, but obviously, you know, we can't let that go, door slayer that you are. Um, the, the, only, the only slayer not to actually escalate past getting out of the the keep that he took his oaths in because he can't open the door. Yep. Yeah, oh, we're nice about this sort of stuff. We really are. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we're not. <laughs> we yeah, but it's basically the list I'm gonna build for, or, or I'm building for Scandus for my Sonmortalis list. Awesome. Because I wanted something, something a bit different in Sonmortalis. Yeah, I should do. I mean, that should always be the case. I think with lists, is try something different. Uh, yeah, and, it, and since they're black shields, they give me a new reason to try out some new painting techniques as well. Mm. Which should be a lot of fun, and then go nicely against the uh, Iron Warriors or Mechanicum or whichever Legion you do decide to do for Scandus in the end. Yeah. Not that I'm saying you're indecisive or anything, buddy. 
Uh, there might be a militia, <laughs> militia list in the works as well. Oh, dear God. Okay. But that might just be a militia list made of dwarves and played as squats. Dwarves played as squats. Okay. So power axes and, you know. Uh, imagine just hammers that you remove the hammerhead and put an axe head on. That could work. Metal ones. That could work. Yeah. Um, we'll look. see what happens. Fair enough. Um, well, I think we've gone on for a fair amount of time right now uh, with the, this opening. And as Freddie is here, we managed to not here even. We managed to keep it well under the two hour mark. Um, not that I, that's ever Freddie's fault, but we just like to, you know, talk even more weird shit and go off on weirder tangents. Um, so we're going to have basically we're going to have to stack up our game for the main segment is what I'm saying, boys. We're, we're doing too. We're being too nice on this. Um, so we <laughs> are. Far we can raise that. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you're Lower. misunderstanding me. Not raising the standard. There's no raising involved here. The only, the only raising is when we get hard for heresy. Everything else is not about raising. It's about taking it lower, <laughs> slowing it down, lowering that baseline. Slow and low. <laughs> it, it wins the race every time. Um. <laughs> So what we will do is after this musical break, we will be coming back with some uh, list reviewing, uh, including one for uh, one of our guests today, Tom. Uh, we'll be reviewing one of his lists and the list by uh, good buddy Jens from Northern Heresy. And then we're going to do our take on the uh, new books and... Um, have a chat about the uh, have a chat about them in general. So we will be right back after this musical interlude.
we're back after that most enlightening musical break and um, we are now going to talk some lists so a uh, little bit of list hammering here but in the in the sense that we are going to whack somebody's fluff um and funnily enough we we actually received a uh, a list to uh, a list of fluff and whack and you know whatever angron or angron and fulgrim whatever you want to call it um a couple of weeks ago from tom actually and um as he's on the show tonight we, we're gonna get him to uh take us through his list in a little bit and we'll we'll do it live so we get to hear the live reaction of somebody hearing us try and tear his list apart and then you know uh, <laughs> sadly we haven't bought the 80s uh, sitcom soundboard yet but no we should do. we might <laughs> we have do. to sort that for this episode i'll try and keep some copious notes as we go through when the most appropriate moment is to have canned laughter and shit and like, <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> see what we can do um but first up first up we're actually going to go through um our compadre jens from the our sister podcast in northern heresy he sent us a list in, and it's his main Scandus list as it stands at the moment. That's um, his second list as well. Second or third list, I don't even. I don't... We've already done one list. Yeah, and then uh, just a, just a quick reminder. After that, we're going to have a quick chat about the Red Books and uh, talk about the enhanced versions on the iPad as well. Um, so that's that's what this segment's going to look like. So, Chris, why don't you open us up? Uh, open this up, even. Don't open us up, please. I like my intestines where they are. Um, why don't you I, open I, the segment up? I ordered the chain access already. Yeah, um, actually, fair point. But they're coming to me, so I feel a little bit safer until I hand them over. Yeah, um, I can still got you next week. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Oh, anyway, well. that went a bit weird. <laughs> Especially since no one but us knows what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just go with it. Um, so why don't you take us to Prince's list, and then the information he's provided us with this, uh, provide us with it, and we'll, all four of us will just have a, a chime in and a chat about it. Yep. And this is a, a revamp of, of his old Dark Angels list that uh, he's changed up a bit. And uh, he's... Uh, HQ is a Damocles Command Rhino, stock standard, because so no extra upgrades mm-hmm. for that one. And then a Praetor with uh, Cataphractic Terminating Armor, Combi Bolter and uh, Mastercrafted Paragon Blade, and a uh, Volcat Charger, so it's probably upgraded Combi Bolter, but uh, it's reads weird. But uh, he's running the Iron Wing Protocol, so that's appropriate. And then he has a, a Breach of Squad. With a land ready Phobos, it seems. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so there's a salt vehicle, that's why this, the bridge score is only 10 man as well. They got the Vexilla, the Meltaguns, and Artificer Armor, and it's more, and some Melta Bombs as well, and a Thunder Hammer, so they have all of the fun stuff. And a multi Melta on the Phobos. Since, why not? If you need more Melta, add more Melta. And then he has a 10 man tactical squad in a Rhino. And a five-man plasma support squad in a rhino. Uh, Contempt of Cortis class dreadnought talon. It's just one dreadnought in it with a standard cross combat and twin linked bolter. There's a mortis with carriers, terminator squad with cataphracti. So I guess the praetor goes with it, this guys. And that's uh, uh, power Fist, four Volca Chargers, and a Thunderhammer and a Volca Charger on the Terminator Sergeant, and they have a Spartan Assault Tank with Armored Sergeant Might and Flare Shield. 
Because why then, not? <laughs> yeah, and then you have a Legion Predator Strike Armored Squadron, and that's two Predator tanks and with two Flamestorm cannons. And I think you mentioned that, that on their latest cast, and that was because everything else became so expensive that he used on the Predators. The plasma guns and the Flamestorm cannons are still awesome. Yeah, they are. There's no argument there. And one of them have Machine Spirit as well. And then we have uh, the Windicator Siege Tank Squadron with uh, two Laser Destroyer Siege Tanks. And uh, his uh, new favorite, the Leviathan Siege Dreadnought with a uh, drop pod. Ugh. So Cyclonic Melta Lance and uh, Phosphatic Discharger and Twin Linked Volcanic Calibers and Snippy Claw. So basically drop that. I guess he will just drop that in the back lines of someone's army. So, yeah. this, what this right of war does, it's uh, all tanks ignore dangerous terrain. The first dangerous terrain test, so they saved the points on Dosa Blades there. The window cage squadron becomes BS5. Because <laughs> that's what they need. <laughs> the tactical squadron breaches have plus one to wound with their bolters when firing at stuff within 12 inches. So I got something to blast automat and Primax with. All red knots gain tank counter and fear. Getting hard just to think about tank hunting melter lances. Dot dot dot. <laughs> this is commentary. Uh-huh. So, and how does it work? Uh, double kick my opponent's super heavy special snowflake in the dick with the Leviathan <laughs> and indicators. Then move on to move on to killing transports and mop up whatever spills out with fire from the predators and infantry. Because the flamestorm cannons are quite nasty. That's not his comment though. <laughs> Uh, the command rhino is there to pop tanks as well. Strength 8 lance barrage might not pop a Spartan, but it can still force people to snap fire because of shake and stun, or keep enemy anti-tanks suppressed for a turn while they move into position. Not many scoring units. I guess, well, four, so not few either, but I'm planning on let, letting the dreads and tanks do the heavy lifting and the marines just mopping up and claiming objectives. The Primarchs might be a problem, but hopefully I can pop their transports and then pour plus one to wound fire into them until they fall, fail enough saves, or the snippy claw on the Leviathan takes care of them. The Vindicates and the last cannons on the Spartan Phobos can help bring down other creatures and primaries as well in a pinch. That's his comment on the list. <sighs> okay. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Jens, I love your comments, dude. Seriously, it just it's beautiful colour. Um, absolutely superb. Uh, so, who wants to take a first shot at this list and put their thoughts in on it? <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody responds. Um, what's he got anti-air-wise? I don't think, I don't think there's anything Nothing. in the list. Yeah, so... A fire raptor or a, a lightning is going to give him some problems, but that's one unit in a list you're going to come against. He's going to knock everything else down. It's pretty brutal again. <laughs> he seems to have all other bases covered, doesn't he? It's, uh, yeah. In a, in, a, in a very strong way. It's good, though. It's good. Gives me yeah, ideas. I'll just, I'll just bring five flyers. Sub over to straight wing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll do. No, it's, it's it's pretty brutal. It's pretty fluffy. It sounds like an iron wing. Uh, Terminators have got their party bus to get them up the field in, but I mean, if you pop the party bus, then they're going to struggle. They're going to you got the old problem with cataphract here, them being slow, haven't you? But you know, I mean, that's one of the reasons I dropped my Spartan out of my list is people come prepared for Spartans now. 
you know, if you're going to face somebody, they're going to probably expect you to have a Spartan, and if it gets popped, your Warlord's slow and exposed. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, you could just uh, ignore shooting with it in the first turn and just move it flat out, basically, up yeah. the board. Get it right up. Right up get get as far as you can. And then hope it survives for another round, but you don't have yeah. to, because the turn yeah, is right closer to enemy. If you can get it, get one turn and move in, and then... Um, even if it's a six inch move the next turn to get them out because you're on your last hole point, you're still 18 inches up the board, aren't you? And you, you're going to be getting towards somebody. Yeah. And then he has the little nasty surprise of the Leviathan in the Dreadnought. Yeah. yeah, if you're focusing on the um, on the Spartan, you're not concentrating on the Spartan, uh, the Leviathan and the Vindicators and everything else that's going to be throwing fire at you. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it, is, it is a... Considering we're going to face this list, Christopher, um, yeah. it is not a lot of fun to look at. Um, it's beautifully mobile. Uh, there's no arguments there. Not everything's either on wheels or tracks, effectively. Um, but on the other hand, don't you have uh, missile launchers with uh, track missiles with uh, interceptor? Uh, maybe. <laughs> and I, and uh, depending on which list I'm going with, there's always last cannons with interceptor. Yeah, or you know, casual knights or something, or warhounds or whatever. Yeah. Um, still, still, I wouldn't really want to have a leviathan with with tank hunter in close combat with my war warhound. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Because I only have stomp attacks then. Yeah, which is uh, not so fun. Um. Sorry, but yeah, I'm. Oh man, I don't know. I, I think if you come up with the 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 obvious, as you said already, is the the anti the the air option coming in and, and really stunting stunting your day on this one. Unless uh, you used like the last cannons on the Spartan to try to kill a flyer, but it probably won't help. At that point, you're snapshotting, and it's not as reliable as having something dedicated anti-air. Yeah, to uh, me, mean uh, a mortis dread with carriers, you know, just throw that in there and suddenly it's a little bit of anti-air and it's good anti-infantry in case you get swarmed. So, yeah. you know, if you can free up a few points somewhere to get a mortis in, would just give you that little bit of protection. You, I tend to find I run my mortis up behind my troops as well. Because I did mention it, but I think we missed it in the discussion. He has a carrier's mortis. Oh, he? did he? I, oh, yeah, no. I, I think I... Mentioned it, but we it was uh, mentioned was right after the quarters class dreadnought talon. Ah, oh, right, I must have missed that. But yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there's there's, yeah, there's your anti air then. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, he's got the, yeah he's just going to brutalise everybody. Yeah, basically, Jens, you're a <laughs> filthy bugger on this one. You're right, bastard on this one, buddy. You've got you've got basically a list that covers everything. Damn it! Um, literally, I think the only way to do anything about this is. Um, Get him drunk the night before. <laughs> it's a standard tactic with anything, let's be fair. Well, we, um, are, sharing, we are sharing a hotel, so... Yeah, basically ply, plying with alcohol and uh, rehypnol and then um, set him up in the morning. Uh, no, no, I no, think... No, he, didn't, he didn't show up for the, his game. Yeah, it's a default <laughs> win for us, honest. <laughs> you know. uh, no, no, that's got nothing to do with Chris's grab van out the back. I don't know what you're talking about. Ignore any noises that happen to be in there. Um... Yeah. No, I was just thinking that um, the only potential interesting thing that could be is if somebody's got enough... As funny as it sounds, actually, I was just thinking about this. We were joking about that mass quad mortar list. But if you think about it, mass quad mortar list with shatter shells, 
yeah. uh, um, dropping down in in and around a lot of the troop carriers and um, things like the predators and stuff like that. Um, with with some decent hits, you could actually take out a stop a lot of that where it stands. Um, if if lucky, you know, it's not yeah. not guaranteed in any way, shape, or form. Or uh, but, just uh, considering he ignores the first dangerous train test, but not the second one. And uh, you could just uh, take uh, graviton rapiers and build a wall of dangerous train, yeah. dangerous uh, ground. Yeah, I guess it's uh, that's that's another option. Considering you, his uh, infantry squads are just ten men. Yeah, you're literally just going to have to find a way of getting him out of getting him out of his armor and obliterating his his troop um, his objective ca- gatherers. Yeah. And then yeah, that's about it. That's that's literally all I can think of. But uh, this list will also require some target priority because he has a land raider and a Spartan and the nasty Leviathan. Yeah. That will come on later on in the game. Yeah. Oh, actually, if you really want to mess him up a little bit, find something to uh, do some reserve manipulation. Uh, if nothing else, to um, to slow down the potentially slow down the Leviathan coming in. Yeah. But that's yeah. why, probably why he has the the Damocles Rhino, whatever it's called. Well, the drop pod's going to come in first turn with drop pod assault, isn't it? So oh shit, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to get that in no matter what. Damn yeah. it. Yeah, but the um, I mean, the other thing I've been looking at for countering drop pods and things is uh, apothecaries. Normal apothecaries now can take uh, augury scanners. Yep. So you stick an apothecary in with your last cannon team or something like that, but, and uh, the you're... sergeants can take. Uh... Yeah, the sergeant takes the apothecary and uh, takes the augury scanner and. Yeah, starting to take it as well. So. Yeah. So that's that's nice. Depending on where you put them, you can have them. But isn't the ogre scanner from the unit and not the character that keeps it? Because uh, if it's from the unit, you just have to. You can just take the upgrade on the sergeant. Yeah, I think you could. If you've taken the tactical support squad, you should take the upgrade on the sergeant, wouldn't you? Uh, sorry, yeah, the heavy and, and the heavy support squad. Yeah, sorry, the heavy support squad. You take the. Um, the, the upgrade on the sergeant, but I mean, I've, I've thrown, you, you know, you can throw an augury scanner in with your support squad and things like that as well, but yeah, maybe more likely, yeah, take your augury scanner on your um, sergeant in your heavy support squad and let them blast that dreadnought when it comes in first turn. Yeah, considering the new rules we could talk about in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> There are options. They're not. They're, they're just not. Yeah. There's no hard counter to this list that I could think of, um, apart from taking a, um, a hammer to his models. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the only option I could think of in my head right now. Well, there's a certain Ordinatus Minoris that could probably kill half his army in a turn. Yeah. So get making it then. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> then, I, then I would have to take a Leviathan list. Yeah, you could do that, maybe. I don't know. I think I think there's this. Honestly, I think with any list, there's a way out there of dealing with. I think Jens, you just made it freaking hard to find a way of dealing with this one without playing and losing to it many, many times over to find the uh, find it. So, in other words, I'm looking forward to our game. I think is the honest answer on this one. Very much looking forward to it, buddy. Um, 
So unless anybody's got any additional comments, let's um, let's put this down to uh, I'm trying to think. Um, what's the best uh, whole points? Yeah, okay, how many whole points out of five are you going to give this list for for fluff, and then whole points out of five for uh, for the whole cheesy whack? Uh, win at all costing. So let's go around the room. Let's go with Stuart. What are you going to give him? Oh, um, to be honest with you, fluff wise, they're the first legion. They can do whatever they want, can't they? So uh, you can squeeze that into anything. That's almost the uh, fluff is filth thing we were talking about earlier. So four on that, and uh, it's probably going to be four for the other score as well. Yeah, definitely a four out of five, I think. Okay. What about uh, what about yourself, Tom? Uh, yeah, the fluff wise, it's an iron wing, isn't it? It, it? it is what that's supposed to be. So, you know, probably five for fluff and it's going to be brutally hard to fight against. But I think there might be some armies out there that you will struggle against. I mean, if you run up against a cults and militia list with 200 cultists running at the table, you're going to be able to kill stuff, but not fast enough. So there are a few counters, so probably four for whack. Fair enough. Chris? Yeah, I was thinking about... Uh... The Vindicators, they're great at killing armor, but if you're facing bodies, they can't basically do anything, because they're still last cannons. So you're talking like one or two kills a turn? Yeah, if they, they had been the regular Vindicators and mm-hmm. uh, faced the infantry, that would be quite a different <laughs> result. But on the other hand, I, th- I still f- think it's uh, quite uh, fluffy, considering it's an iron wing as well. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a bit tanky and mo- mobile and have robots in it or drones um, in it. Hang on, a bit tanky. <laughs> you have heard, you have seen seen my introductory lists and heard about them. This is just a bit tanky. Okay, fair point. It's a bit tanky compared to that, but yeah, he um, needs he needs more tanks. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> if you do an, basically do a ta- do a list with no men whatsoever, then you're good. Yeah, but, well, he could just uh, change up and have uh, like three Achilles tanks in it and a siege breaker to give them phosphax. But I'm not gonna give that suggestion, gents. Don't do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. And I well, must admit, I'm, I'm I'm gonna jump in and say I think it's definitely up there on the the five four and a half five because I know it's it definitely fits the theme of the Iron Wing. Uh, the backstory, uh, when we take it off the last time we reviewed his list, he's going for um, a very sort of open backstory for the army at the moment. He's going to let the games decide how the story rolls, which I think is very cool. So definitely four and a half, five. And then um, for Whack, yeah, it's it's in, the, in that sort of four and a half, five area. It's gonna, There's going to be a hard counter to it somewhere, but I get the feeling it's going to be something like... Um, Basically, a wall of impassable terrain, several predators with uh, uh, conversion beamers, and um, a couple of casual warhounds just turbo lasering the shit out of anything <laughs> they can get their hands on. So, so I've read my list then. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I think there's going to be. It's, it's, it definitely sounds like a list that there has to be hard counters to. It's not something that's going to take a. Um, that's going to take or leave it when it comes to a game. But it will match up well with Linus' list, because he's taking a militia list. Yeah. Based, but mainly militia list. Yeah, I think that'll that'll fit very nicely, to be fair. Yep. 
So, gents, that's your score. Basically, um, four and a half uh, whole points out of five. It seems to be the average for both fluff and whack. Um, yeah, basically, until you meet the suborbital strike wing with Mechanicum allies and the um, two Warlord Titan casual list, um, I think you're going to basically have fun with that list. And, and after that, I'm sure you'll just put a couple more Spartans in or something and just completely dick people over. Um, but uh, it does look like a hell of a lot of fun. Um, so can't wait to face it. And um, yeah, if, as long as you find your models, obviously, for the, for the game. Uh, you know, the last thing we want is something to happen to them. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Love you really, buddy. Um, let's move on now to, uh, to our next list. And uh, Tom, this one is yours. Right. So I so, give you a bit of the background idea and then run you through the models and then run you how, it, how it's supposed to work. Yeah, let, yeah. let's, let's yeah. do that then. Let's do that. Yeah. So okay, go well, for the, it. the idea is it's it's a fast, rapid reaction force. You know, it's it's supposed to deploy quickly, get out fast, uh, deal with a threat. It's it's the Ultramarines running around the 500 worlds punishing the last of the traitors, you know. So it's a pretty hard-worn army. They're, they're out, they're fighting, you know, so they're pretty heavily battered. So uh, what we've basically got then is I'm running the Ultramarines uh, right of war, the Logos Locta. So I take a Master of Signals because I have to, which isn't really a hardship, but, you know, he's in there as an HQ. I oh, uh, have, have to take an additional uh, ten, uh, HQ. So we take a, another Centurion, but a chaplain this time, and he's got a Legantin Axe, Artificer Armour, and a Refractor Field. Uh, he's with the Praetor. Uh, again, he's got the Mantles of Ultramar, their special uh, Artificer Armour with, uh, gives you feel no pain as well as a few other bits. Uh, Iron Halo and another Axe. So he's basically got a, a two up, four up in Von, five up, feel no pain, and an Axe that chops people's heads off. Uh, so uh, then we go into the troops. Where we got five suzerain, their troops, because I've got the big man with me as well, the Primarch. Uh, then we've got two identical tax squads, uh, both with rhinos, uh, both with extra chainsaws and combat blades, sergeant with artificer armor and a combi plasma. So there's two of those squads. Uh, one single apothecary in an apothecarian detachment on his own with artificer armor. Uh, Contempt to Mortis with two Keras pattern assault cannons, because why not? Uh, then we've got three quad mortars with the shatter shells to barrage down. Uh, then we've got f- uh, three javelin land speeders with the missile launchers and then upgrade onto multi-melters as well. Uh, Sicker and Venator with armoured Cerarite to shut down super heavies. And then instead of the Spartan party bus, I've gone for something a little different. I've gone with the Charybdis because what's better than a Spartan? A flying Spartan. And like I said, it's all rounded out with the uh, the big man Robo himself. So the basic battle plan is the rhinos with the tax squads get out on the field. They'll go around picking up scoring. Uh, the quad mortars sit back uh, with the master of sigs. So the master of signals boost them to BS five as well. So they're hitting on you know they're hitting pretty regularly, hitting on twos. Uh, the Keras uh, dreadnought sits around you know dealing with any anti armor. Uh, sorry, anti-air that's coming in. Uh, the land speeders drop in, and if I'm facing a lot of armour, I'm a bit cheesy, because uh, Gilliman lets me give a couple of USRs to a unit, so give the javelins tank hunter. They come in deep strike second turn, 
sit behind your weapons, missile launchers, mark mounters, right in the rear armour with tank hunter. So then they're going to be probably get killed pretty quickly by other people. And then, um, yeah, but, you know, they come in, they've done their job. That's it. Uh, the Keris, uh, sorry, the Keris, the crib just sits in the back. That takes Gilliman, uh, takes the suzerain, takes the chaplain and the praetor and the apothecary. So that squad basically comes in first turn with the Charybdis, does a load of heat blast. Then they all jump out the next turn and you've got a squad with a Primarch, five suzerains that's fearless, zealot and has feel no pain as well. So that's pretty pretty much going to ruin somebody's day, hopefully. So, yeah, that's kind of how it's supposed to all go. Yeah. Is <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> that stunned silence? Um, yeah, that's. Um, I, I think stunned silence is a very polite way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah um, uh, <laughs> Stuart. Stuart. <laughs> He's going to have to face it, so he might... Yeah, yeah. Well, Stuart, you, you get to start this one off, mate. I think the, the, you, you can have this one to start off with, because I think we're... I, I'm definitely struggling to find the words right now. Some of it's my fault, to be honest with you. We, we saw this evolve, and then on, was it Tuesday night, you had your, your game, and we were discussing whether you were going to use your Spartan or not, and it suddenly came into a bit of a goading of, yeah, by, by, by the by the, by the uh, Dreadclaw, buy it, buy it, buy it, and, uh, and then it sort of came from there, didn't it? You just... Just sort yeah, of went full filth. Since the new red book came out, I've been having an hour and about was the Spartan worth the points and stuff, and is there a better way to spend it? And we were chatting, and obviously the Charybdis is a few less points than, than a Spartan, and basically is a flying Spartan. So that freed up some extra points to throw in another quad mortar and stuff like that into the list. So it kind of <laughs> got even filthier. Throwing some more fluff. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, more fluff. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so basically, you, you you screwed your own meta over here, Stuart. Is what you're saying? <laughs> well, he, wouldn't the correct wording be he escalated his meta? Escalated, screwed over. Take your pick. Because now everyone has to adapt to that list. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Or kick, you or escalated. Him out of gaming group. Yeah. Well, there is that too. Um, <laughs> yeah. You you've escalated the meta there quite nicely. Um, uh, yeah. I think. Um, Oh, um, yeah. Uh, God damn it. Uh, basically, the the single the single drop pod is um, a brilliant choice because, as you say, like like with Jens' um, Leviathan, drop, uh, drop pod assault, turn one, in they come, uh, roast something underneath them, and then pop out, and it's an assault vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you get them as close to as possible to someone, yeah, um, and then really mess their day up. Yeah, uh, well, hopefully the the Sikron and the quad mortars. If you've got your Primark or somebody sat in a Spartan, you know the Sikron and the, the quad mortars will hopefully pop that and blow them out, and then the Primark's there to with the suzerain to run into your unit first turn. Your Primark or your your Praetor's already having to fight for his life in his own deployment line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that works. Um, yeah, that definitely works. I do, I do like the thinking behind the um, the the change up from the the Spartan to um, uh, keeping the same principle there, but actually doing something that it's a bit um, a bit different with the meta, so to speak, and actually yeah. having that um, having that change up a bit. Not many people would expect 
uh, Caribdis where they really should be as Spartan, uh, if you listen to pe- what people actually take yeah. these days. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because the, the Caribdis comes in in hover as well, it's it's a skimmer, it's got a jinx save, so you get some defense against people firing against you. So it's got a bit of protection there as well. I'm sorry, I'm just just for people to understand, I'm sat here shaking my head slowly at all of this. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's only armor 12 and five hole points as well. So, you know, even if the Primarch just wants to sit in there for a little bit and, you know, yeah. then he can skim off 12 inches somewhere in the second turn to really get where he needs to be if he scatters when he deep strikes. Yeah, I was going to say it's only armor 12 and five hole points. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, it's not quite a Spartan, but, you know. Yeah, yeah you, you can't jink a Spartan. That's the problem. No, but then again, thankfully you can't put a flare shield on one of these things either. So. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty filthy. Pretty filthy. Yeah, I like how you say that, man. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, I, I, I like the list. Um, I like it a lot. And the best part is it looks way cooler than a Spartan. Yeah, that was one of the reasons as well. You know, everyone, you see lots of Spartans around. You don't see too many Charybdises. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think the uh, the matters that I've heard of, I think it's, it's definitely you, and um, I think uh, Mr. Ryan Ryan Kimmel from uh, Radio Free Espan has got a bit of a thing for Charybdises at the moment for his uh, for his word bearers. Um, he, I think he's running a list with two of them in. Didn't he put uh, candles on his? I think he put Did candles he? on his. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's legit reason. Like, I mean, if you're going to run around, okay, they're probably going to get extinguished. But as soon as you land, the entire the entirety of the outside of the drop pod is going to be on fire. So, you know, maybe they'll still stay alight. <laughs> they don't burn down. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he did put. Uh, I think he put the, put the candles on his. Uh, was it uh, his storm eagle? Something like that as well. <laughs> yep. I think magic I think magic candles. Everything, everything's got them. It's, no, they're just they're, they're LED candles. That's all they are. Just, <laughs> they're just candles with LED packs on them. You know, it's, it's it's for look and for the whole uh, ambience of the whole yeah. bird bearers thing. But we're, we're getting off track here. Well, to be fair, ten thousand years down the line, the dark angels are doing exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And including uh, like a shrine for saints as well. Hang on, are you trying to say that the, the, the Dark Angels may or may not be uh, not so much fence-sitters, but false heresies, false heresists? I'm just uh, saying that they got a bit of an artistic streak that's quite odd. Cause quite specific? No one, yeah, no one should really put candles on an aircraft, <laughs> on a fighter jet. Yeah, well, that's true. But then again, if you actually think about the aerodynamics of most space marine um, space marine vehicle uh, air, airborne vehicles, most of them shouldn't fly. Grav plates. Grav plates. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, I, I still prefer the, the 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 meme I've seen, which is basically um, this is this is the shooty bits. This is the engine. Storm eagle. Yeah, this is where magic happens. Yeah, that's the middle point of the. Yeah. <laughs> This is where the magic happens. A wizard did it. Yeah, a wizard did it. Yeah, it's it, yeah. So that's, that's a legit answer every time. Well, they've uh, got they've got that gold leviathan, the TFL boys as well. So why not candles oh. on a flyer? Yeah. yeah, but that that gold leviathan is sexy, man. And that, that, that is. That's Michael's lovely leviathan. It is a beauty, that, but that is, it is that is shiny. pure that is pure sex. That is that is it's up there with Freddie's uh, Freddie's um, you know Freddie dildo and stuff like that. It's, it's got its own, own degree of sexy on it. 
but um, it do, I, I'm not suggesting that anybody uses the two those things for the same purpose. Please understand that. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. Um, if you put it out there, somebody on the internet likes the idea of it. Rule thirty-seven, man, it's already out there somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> which, which scares the scares the bejeebus out of me. Um, I was going to say, with uh, just for me, just to, I just want to go through the list sort of top to bottom. Um, so starting off, the Master of Signals, great. I love him as a HQ choice. Always have done. And sticking in with quad mortars is kind of a given. Um, if you're not running heavy support. So, um, you know, like a Laz Cannon team or something like that. Um, so is that the compulsory mandatory in that list? Yeah, you have, you have to take a Damocles or a Master of Signals to run the Right of War. Yeah, the Right of War. Well, the Master of Signals is great. Then. Yeah. Like Jody said. Yeah, I was going to say, the only the only time I'd probably switch it up for the um, Damocles would be if you had more stuff in drop pods or um, any time you need a reserve manipulation. Yeah, yeah I mean... Because you got the one drop pod, it's yeah. in. So. It's in. It's yeah. It's it's in. It's a given. So take the master of signals. Nice, uh, interesting choice on the chaplain. Um, only because I don't see many of them run for the from the games I've seen and the the metas I've listened to. Mm. Um, I don't see a lot of them actually run. Yeah, uh, I mean, because with the the right war, you've got to take two compulsory HQs. Um, the master of Sigs is not a compulsory HQ now. He's a support officer, so. You've got to take uh, a third HQ slot and to take a Centurion that's not a support officer. He was basically, because the Primus Medicare is a support officer. Yeah. You take the chaplain to give you more punch going forward because he, he, he can be a compulsory HQ. Yeah. And, yeah he, and he gives fear now as well. Yeah. Fear, yeah, fear, fear. And, fear and hatred. Yeah. It, and they've got Zealot as well, so they, they are fearless essentially. Yeah. Because he gives it to the entire unit. Yeah. Um, so. That then, then you've got your prayer tour. Yeah. Um, is I mean, is could you have gone for like maybe? Um, do you have to have the prayer tour himself in there? Uh, or... No, I, I need to take a, a second compulsory HQ. So he he fills the compulsory HQ slot. And I, what I want to do is with the unit the way it is, the, all of the suzerain can take can take a challenge. The praetor can take a challenge, and so can the chaplain. Uh-huh. So when the unit runs into a unit, if you if I run into your Primarch and he challenges, I can either take it on the Praetor if I want to try and dish a bit more damage back, or I take it on one of the Suzerain and let the Primarch just hammer the Bodyguard unit. So yeah, I mean, I could chop the Praetor out for another uh, another console, but I quite like having the Praetor there and can do a bit of punch himself. No, I think it's a cool idea. I was just, I was just interested about what what other options might. Yeah. Might I mean you got my, my, if you didn't have him. The, the chaplain would be my first suggestion. Yeah. Um, or possibly, possibly if this was sort of like um, a post calf list, um, for example, um, putting a librarian in there. Can't do that because he's a support officer. Oh, is it. he? Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to get used. I thought he was. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought I he was say. actually compulsory. No, my, my, bad. my bad. My bad. Is the forge forge father a support officer? No, I could take a forge father. Because then you get. Red grenades. Ooh, that'd be nasty in that <laughs> unit, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, you mean minus one toughness to your opponent. Yeah. All these boys come running in and you're minus one toughness as well. Oh, dear. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, but actually, Crystal, that's pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, and you can get some nice upgrades from the Tech Marine. Yeah. Unit entry as well. Just don't yeah. give them any more ideas. Just, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> 
do run Stu, I'm buying a Forge Lord. It's <laughs> cheaper a... than buying your... Uh... Do us a favour, though. Do us a favour, though. If you do run it, don't tell Stu and just get a picture of his face when he realises what's hitting him. <laughs> oh, Technically, yeah, if you put... If the Forge Lord is in the drop pod, you can... Re- or in the Caribbean, you can repair it from within. Yeah, until they get out, keep that going for another yeah. turn. Oh, gee, God, that's even filthier. <laughs> yeah, it's against the uh, run Battlesmith rolls on it. <laughs> Fly around. <laughs> just leave, leave it in there. Leave him in there when the others drop out. And um, he's an, ind- he's an independent. He's an independent. He's an independent character. He can do yeah. that. Just leave him in the Charybdis, and he rolls around repairing it while it's heat scorching everyone. Yeah, he suddenly becomes a very skilled Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping you off there, boys. See you again soon. <laughs> and off I go. Right, let's burn some rubber. Yeah. That's the joy. Of the, if, if the Primark runs in and kills whatever he needs to kill in a corner, the crib just swings back, picks him up, takes him over the other side of the board, drops him out again. <laughs> it makes the Primark super manoeuvrable. Yeah, basically, he's, he's an Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah that's or more the... like a getaway driver. <laughs> getaway driver. <laughs> Hang on, we're going to stray. We've got to be careful here. We're going to we're going to wander into snatch and grab territory. In a minute. Yeah, driving the driving the snatch and grab van. All yeah. right, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, the Forge Lord is uh, modelled up as a Jason Statham. <laughs> oh, paint, the, paint the power armor like a tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Oh man, I want to do a tuxedo marine chapter now, just for shits and giggles. Anyway, um, did you do that for the militia? Do everybody in suits? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the age would, of Smith list. I would really like to see the minotaurs in, suits. in tuxedos. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with the ghoul stars? We're having a high class party, don't you know? <laughs> All the marines are out there. It's the second crusade, or the uh, or the weekend bender, as it's referred to. Um, anyway, going completely off track there. Um, tactical squads, good solid compulsory troop choices taken. Um, yeah. Spin around, as you said, like objective grabbing. Yeah. Um, and then your apothecary is going to go. Hang on, that's my little man next. Yeah. Wants yeah, no worries. To put his two pence in. Um, oh, I tell you what, you guys, we'll leave this one in. We won't cut this out. You guys keep talking. To, take on the um, Chris. Take over. Start talking about quad waters and stuff. While I just go and check on my little boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. So quad mortars. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got the we got to the elites. So we got that apothecary, apothecary and uh, yeah, because the, mor- the contempt of mortars is really nice because there's not really much else that can do some fire killing in this list. Well. Is it? The Charybdis can go back into Flyer and it will shoot other Flyers if you're playing normal rules and not playing Death from the Skies. Yeah, but if so, you're playing Death from, the, Death from the Skies, it could be shot down before it enters the table. Exactly, so we won't we won't bother with those silly rules. We'll play properly. <laughs> yeah, so just having the Primark Death Star lost before the game starts. Yeah, yeah, I might, I might just pack up and go home at that point. Yeah, that's uh, quite understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's go on to the quad launcher support battery. Yes. That's just nasty, isn't it? Yeah, well, 12 shots, either, you know, 12 strength, 8 thunder shots to take out any armor, pop armor. Yep. Or if I'm facing, uh, you know, maybe a cult, militia, solar orcs, you fire the standard shells, which have got the blast, which is the one where, uh, when I tried it, I took the quad more out on Tuesday. Fired it against the Raven Guard tactical squad, 16-man tactical squad stacked up in a building. 
36 hits, 26 wounds, you know, four <laughs> shots. So, you know, it, it, they just, they'll either crack, they'll crack armor open or they'll annihilate yeah. hordes of infantry. And then you only had one quad launcher, wasn't it? Yeah, I only had one. You got <laughs> 20, 36 hits. You wait till there's three of them, uh, dropping fire on you. Well, it makes me, sorry, I'll just come back in. It makes me, uh, very happy that I'm running, um, a little sneak peek. I'm running two sets of two for my, uh, my list for Scandus, so uh, oh, they're, br- they're brutal. Yeah, and I, I've gone for the Phosphex and Incendiary options as well because you get the feeling you're going to come against a militia list or a cult list or yeah. something. And it's like I okay. think there might as be at least be like two or three, three people yeah. playing militia. Yeah, so it's like hmm, yeah, AP five, that's fine. Strength five, blast. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Let's ruin somebody's day like that. Yep. Then we have the nice uh, javelin squads. With the Multimeltas. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, they're beautiful models. And yeah. um, you're just yeah, going to do nice some... Batmobiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do some nasty backdoor shenanigans with them. Yes, I mean, the, 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 the decision was between do I take four, uh, sorry, three normal plastic speeders, because for the same price as the five, three javelins, you can take three uh, land speeders with Multimeltas and the Graviton guns. But obviously, they're a bit weaker. Uh, less hull point, less armour. So I decided to go for something slightly a bit more durable with the missile launchers and the multi-melters and because I like the Batmobiles. Yeah, and they made them even harder to kill in close combat for some reason. Yeah, yeah, so you can't be charged with metal bombs and things, but... Well, that's, it's nice, but was it really necessary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was perfectly necessary because i got three of them now. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that's what makes it necessary. <laughs> Every time. Um, and then we've uh, we've popped down. And we've already talked about the the Charybdis assault claw. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to you got your Sakaran uh, Venator. Yeah. To hopefully lock down any super heavies. You know, that's, I'm a little bit weak. If I came up against a fail blade or something, I don't have a huge amount of armor punch. But if I could stop it firing with the Sakaran, you know, I've effectively mm. neutralized it. Then. And now <laughs> you have to worry about the falchion after updates as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll be seeing some falchions about it. If I can stop that firing, yeah. it'll just keep me in the game a bit longer. So you don't have the same effect now on its main gun if you take the upgrade. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that'll that, be the uh, thing. But a D-shot. Who gets may, may you shot? have as much luck with it as I have with mine. <laughs> <laughs> Your Venator that's been popped first turn twice. Well, I've used it twice. It's not moved or shot. It's not done anything yet. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> not had first turn, not done anything with it apart from put it on the table and take it off. But it, it'll do something one day, maybe. Yeah, I killed uh, like two or three marines with the heavy bolt on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen now. Uh, I'll, I'll hold you responsible for it as well. First, what happens? Seems fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seems legit. <laughs> Basically, but um, and then obviously we so last last one to look at is uh, the big boy himself, uh, Robo Girlyman, who gives a redonkulous amount of special rules and stuff and things. Yeah, yeah, uh, he just boosts. He, I mean, like, I mean, if he goes toe to toe with a Primarch, there are quite a few that will beat him down. But it's what he brings to the army as a whole. You know, he adds special rules and that. If I can either give, you know, uh, Tank Hunter to the the um, speeders, if needs be, or I can give a backable advance to something, or you know, so I could make, you know, I can make my Charybdis scoring if I want by make, giving it implacable advance. <laughs> Bloody hell! Right. Yeah, and he's more, he's more, he's more of a support character, and that fits his 
yeah, he's, a, he's a definite he's a definite force multiplier. That that's for sure. And um, I think it's, it shows throughout the army how you've actually laid that out um, in, yeah. in my mind with the like the, the the chaplain and you know putting the praetor in there with the suzerains and you know all all that dirtiness there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I guess it's it's really really um, uh, two questions left. First one is: Have you actually written any sort of fluff storyline to this, or are you just going to see how it peels out? Yeah, there's a bit of fluff on it. I've uh, just I've signed up to the old 30k site and wrote a bit about it. You know, it's it's a it's a chapter of the Ultramarines that has been gathered from a few various chapters that have taken a battering over a while because a lot of my stuff's quite heavily weathered and you know it's a rapid force that moves around and that's why there's no Terminator armor in there at all. Everything's in power armor or artificial armor. You know, including Girly Man himself, he's in Artist of Rama, not Terminator Rama. So everything's designed to move quickly and rapidly, and it's you know it's it's scouring the 500 worlds of traitors. You know, they, they're diving in, blowing stuff up, hitting it hard, hitting it fast, and then getting out of there and moving on to clear the next world out. Very nice, very nice indeed, and it does it does fit that without any arguments whatsoever. It really does. Yeah, it makes sense to have a when you have a, the theme of the list and then the, that little bit of. Uh, background to it yeah it makes all the difference actually <laughs> yeah yeah no as i said it's going to hopefully develop we'll get on oz 30k we can start writing some stories and some battle reports and you know I've, nobody in my army gets a name until they've they've earned it you know so the praetor earned earn a, earn a name on tuesday by chopping his way through a tax squad pretty much single-handedly with his axe so he's going to get a name this week so people get to earn names and things and it develops nice very and, nice uh, just as a Heads up, there might be, or there will be possibilities to log games in the Scandal system before the event. Yeah. 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 yeah, which is, is uh, if we, we need to wait to double check with everything with Freddy, but you know, I'm sure if it, if that is the case, it will have bearing on the on the uh, setup for Scandus, which would be a lot of fun. Like uh, he did for Lincoln. Yes. Lincoln. Like you did for Lincoln Heresy. That also depends on when I actually get to publish the fluff I'm writing for them. Yeah, you, you might need to get around to that at some point soon. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm not the only one who's supposed to write fluff. I was going to say, I'm not, because I'm useless at it, so I, I'm I'm okay there, but I'm sure Freddy's got to do some stuff. Yeah, I think uh, there's some Americans that owe fluff as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sure there's some fluff somewhere that's required. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to that um, <laughs> at another time. Um, so, okay... Going around the, the three of the four of us who can actually count on this, and we, as it's been mentioned before, and was mentioned off off, off air beforehand, we, we're actually uh, going to steal um, an idea from from the from these boys from the Hearthguard. They've come up with something very cool, and we we thought about this literally in in uh, in the last couple of minutes. We do this. We are going to go with a fluff and uh, fluff versus filth, or fluff and filth score. So, how fluffy is it? How filthy is the list? So um, we're going to do the uh, do both out of out of five for now, and then we might change that around in future episodes. So, um, Chris, do you want to do you want to give us your first the first impression? The first impression, the filth and fluff. Well, I'm actually going to do it like this. I'm going to say for fluff, there's fluff, so there's a yes yes for that, and then there's also a lot of filth. But uh, that's, what, that's what the Ultramarines do in general, and Gilliman in particular. Uh, so there's also 
gonna say yes for filth. Okay. So that's new scoring system. So, <laughs> so it's gonna be a yes or a no from you, is it? It's actually gonna be a yes and a yes because both are existing, and then might be a bit of a gradient as well because I actually like this list and I like that there's no Spartan in it. It's because it's so prevalent that everyone uses a Spartan, including me. So. <laughs> Yeah, and he could, no, actually, I'm not for once. I'm not doing it. No, that's I'm, because uh, that was cut out of your list to make room for stuff you actually needed. Yeah, there is. Shut up. Um, yeah, that is true. Um, and Stuart, <laughs> as you can have to face this, <laughs> if it's a yes and a yes, definitely yes and yes. But what, one, I, I've seen Tom been building this list for a little while now, and he's the way he's described the the, the forces. It's been the same all along. I think that the recent change, the change he's made this week, actually fits that fluff much better. He's always talked about it being a rapid response, fast strike list, and by you know cutting out that Spartan and making it more mobile, I think it fits even more now. I think Tom seems to be a lot happier. Well, he's going to answer that for himself, but I'm sure he's a lot more enthused about the list now than he than he was before. It fits what he wants from it and the way he wants to play the game. Yeah, and it's also nice how he managed to pick the most chaos-looking. Vehicle in, in the existence. <laughs> yeah, maybe, well, maybe. Who knows? Maybe they, they was the only ride they could get off Calf. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, repainted a word bearer as well and just washed it out a bit in the middle. So what the hell's with all these candles, man? And the, the, the shit scratched into the walls. And just looked like I've uh, painted it with wall colors and different shades of blue. Yeah, just got some can, cans of blue spray paint out and just went yeah. over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I, I'm I'm going to say, well, yes, it has fluff. Yes, it has filth. It's definitely up there. Um, the fluff, if after explaining all the sort of story behind it, it's definitely up there with a four. I think it's very much up there with a five on the filth scale. Um, <laughs> I mean, short of having, I mean, this is a two and a half thousand list. I could see you putting in a pair of leviathans and drop pods with a few adjustments, and you know. No, no, three thousand point list. When we go to three K, I throw in a, a casual fire raptor in there. Oh, I was, I was actually going to recommend like a fire raptor or lightning. <laughs> yeah, Just a casual three, fire raptor at three K. You'll have to you'll have to deal with with a fire raptor and maybe a scorpius whirlwind, depending if I squeeze some points somewhere else. Well, how many points is a fire raptor? Three hundred and something. So I, it just works out just a little bit too much with a fire raptor and yeah, because the scorpius uh, is like. 115. 115. Yeah, that was so it, one of the th- things they didn't change with the new book. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. It's the f- most people hate my Scorpius more than anything because it's 115 points. It sits at the back of the field and just keeps firing shots at you yeah. all game. And when it works, it works really, really well. Yeah. Well, when people run up to it and they want to kill it, and you go, "Well, it's armor 13 at the front," and they just go, "What? Yeah, it's 13 armor at the front." <laughs> I must admit, I, 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 I originally had I had one originally in my uh, Warriors list, and I actually changed it out for the Quad Mortars. Um, yeah, it's probably not as strong as the Quad Mortars because the Quad Mortars put out the same uh, regularly four shots, whereas the the, the uh, Scorpius is D three plus one. So you 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 sometimes you get two shots out, and sometimes you can get four. So it's whereas you know with the Quad Mortars you're getting four shots straight out every time. Yeah, it was that that for me it was that and the access to Phosphex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Phosphex on a Scorpius. That'd be horrendous. <laughs> well, just imagine the Scorpius in a artillery battery. So you can have three oh, of them. 
Oh, yeah, three of them in a, in a squadron. That'd be evil. With false fix. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real no friends unit, isn't it? Three Scorpiuses with false fix. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's just like two two sets of two um, quad mortars with false fix, and you know, there just are some things that you just. I am prepared for no friends whatsoever after all of this, uh, which is totally cool. Um, so yeah, so I think I think you've got. You've got a good list there. It's going to be a lot of fun to play against. And at some point, hopefully we get to actually face off against it because it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, hopefully we might make it over your way and, and you can get mortared to death. Yeah, we'll work something out, definitely. <laughs> so let's let's move on from that. And if, just to say that if you do have um, a list that you would like fluff and filth, um, please let us know. Uh, drop us an email at the Heresy at gmail.com with your list with a bit of idea of, of the fluff behind it and how the army works and we will pick it up on one of our upcoming shows and um, yeah it was uh, actually really nice to have you on to actually talk about it Tom because it was a lot of fun to get your your thoughts and um, just also having Stuart here to uh, physically hear him cringe at the other end <laughs> of a line every time he mentions going oh my he's, god he's He's not too worried because he plays loyalist with me. He gets to stand next to me and watch me put it out in front of other people most of the time. <laughs> oh, too, 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 too little time for all those, all those innuendos in one sentence. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's let's move on and let's let's talk about uh, let's move on to our next section, which is uh, our sort of review um, take on the new red books that uh, came out because. Uh, when this episode drops, uh, a lot of the other podcasts, especially um, Radio Free Istvan, did a fantastic episode on um, on the Red Books and the changes, the costings and everything. And if uh, anyone wants to listen to a point-by-point, <laughs> well, reading of the book, just listen to that episode of Radio Free Istvan. Yeah, they do some they do some seriously good work going through it all, Ryan and. Michael go through it um, in detail, give a really good understanding of what's gone in and the changes. Um, but for us, we we wanted to have a bit of a chat about uh, about the about the changes overall, kind of how they affect us as gamers and what we think about the, what are maybe the biggest changes, and also to uh, have a talk about the the formats that you can get these books on. Um, moreover, talking about the um, the iPad or the enhanced versions. So um, let's so we just sort of look on the the changes and Chris got started with yourself, buddy. Um, I mean, I know that you've you've been working with Mechanicum. You talked about Black Shields. You talked about Iron Hands. So what when it comes to the changes that have really come into this book um, or the books now, what are the what are the biggest things for you? Oh, that's a good question because. Uh... Well, my <laughs> Primaris Lightning went out of most of my lists for the Space Marines list, at least, because it became way more expensive with the missiles. Yeah, that's a big... I mean, that, that as we were talking about um, Jens' list earlier, that's kind of a go-to anti-armor option, and it has gone up quite a bit. Yeah, about 10, 10 or 20 points each per, per each missile choice. That's... Uh, well, they w- might have been undercosted before, but uh, considering you have to buy so many racks of missiles for that one, but you can still take the nice uh, phosphix bombs on it for a sheep. Yeah. Everyone needs more phosphix in their life. 
<laughs> I think we've established we are very much all about the phosphates here. <laughs> Let, let's be fair. Yeah, but the changes to the list is well, I'm quite uh, pro most of them. Yeah, I'm not. I'm really surprised why the destroyer squad didn't get worked on. Yeah, that's, that's uh, still that, seems, that seems to be a general consensus, and I'm. Yeah. I'm I must admit, I've, I've been looking at trying to find some interesting options for his own Mortalis list. And I took a look at the Destroyers. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like the idea of being able to take a missile launcher with Suspensor Web and Rad missiles. But that's one in five. And apart from that, I, I don't see the need for them um, as a squad. So I was, I was expecting some sort of change, maybe giving rad grenades to everybody or i don't know something a bit left field and the well the most uh, useful thing well, they have the, red grenades what am i saying yeah, they, they have, have red grenades. grenades ignore me but i was thinking about uh, the jump packs because they would they work really well with jump packs but they became really really expensive because it's like a 75 point upgrade for the unit for five yeah which is pretty hardcore yeah so I'm not sure about that. What about what about you, Tom? What about you, Stuart? What sort of uh, what are your thoughts on just just out of a quick cover on destroyers? I'm really thought an awful lot about them, to be honest with you. It's something you don't see or hear spoken about very often, and maybe that sort of sums up the point. Maybe there should have been some some more encouragement there. I don't know about yourself, Tom? Have you ever considered running them or looked into them much? Or when I got when I admit, when I first started looking at Harris models, they were the first models I looked at. I went, "Wow, they're amazing! They look so cool." And then you just start putting them into lists, and you just start realizing to get them in the list, you have to compromise other things to get the points to get them in. And you just think, "Oh, it's not worth it." But it's such a shame. I mean, they they're such good looking models. But then I think in certain legions it suits. I mean, you know, talking about my own Ultramarines. Gitterman doesn't like the destroyers. He has them in as a necessary evil, but he doesn't like to run them. So it makes sense that they're kind of an expensive unit. You wouldn't see much, but that that suits my legion, but doesn't really suit other ones. So it's it's a shame we're not going to see more of them because they are such nice nice uh, models. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I know a few few people that actually use those models as sergeants and similar for their units because oh yeah yeah they they really, really look like they have the up armored. Like an artificer armor, more or less. Yeah, yeah throw, throw them in a, in a couple of squads here and there just to break break up and, you know, it's a nice model. So, yeah, it'd be really good. Yeah. yeah, and especially now when you can get, if you use them with the jetpacks and you can put them in the assault squads, which is the yeah. best change for me as a, well, up-and-coming Blood Angel player again. <laughs> uh, that's, that's always a nice thing to have the options. Yeah, and they made the assault squads cheaper points-wise, so you can always get more of them. So you might need cooler models in them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I must admit, I took uh, when I looked at them, I, I'd been planning to build Iron Havocs, and I, at the time I only had the three missile launchers from the Kalth box. I had contemplated converting up the heavy uh, the heavy bolter options as well to uh, turn them into um, uh, missile launchers based on the Destroyer Squad um yeah. Missile launcher. Yeah, that's a really cool one. Yeah, but I think that's pretty awesome. 
Uh, maybe me being in child action, so uh, you, I'm just going to sign out for a bit. You go on, mate. No worries at all. We'll keep talking. <laughs> this is the joys of being a parent and hobbying at the same time. <laughs> you have to roll with this sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, any other... Any? I'm oh, Sorry, I took you off on a tangent as far as the destroyers are concerned, but any other changes that sort of jump out at you, Chris, for yourself? Well, as I said, for my personal use, it will be the assault squad because I'm way cheaper and since I am a blood angel player at heart and I've always been there will be a, an assault heavy army coming up and making them cheaper actually made them more viable to use yeah that's very cool so uh, they're down to 175 points of base now yeah uh, I think that that was kind of the general consensus across the entire gaming world that that kind of had to happen um yeah, Something had to happen, at least. Considering you could do the same thing with uh, the spoiler squads, that's a tactical squad with uh, extra hand weapon, if anyone wants to know. <laughs> yeah. Save that you didn't get the jump pack, but you could still run assault armies without assault marines, as well as actually using assault marines. Yeah, very true. Um, so, I mean, the assault, squad, the, the assault squads and breaches went down in price as well. Yeah, at least the base costs because they went up in additional marines. Yeah, yeah, but then again, I mean, it's uh, for me. I mean, I, I'm being an Iron Warriors player. I love breaches. I think they're they're absolutely beautiful. And I've got a unit of um, I'm building a unit of fifteen, and eventually I'll probably have another fifteen at some point, so I can do a very large breacher breacher force. And uh, uh, and then you have to suffer the ignority of knowing that there. are Suzerains, and there are some really nice immortals out there that will always look better because they're custom, because they are actually made to be cooler. Yeah, well, suzerains can go and do one. No offense. <laughs> uh, and immortals ain't that good because they're yeah. really yeah, the, um, Have you seen the guy? Uh, I think I say Pop Pop goes the monkey who does the stuff on Shapeways. He does he does a lot of custom shields. He's a three D printing guy. I mean, just throw those on. He does pretty much a shield for every legion. Throw those on your legion, just suddenly break up the pattern of, you know, maybe not even throw them on everyone. Throw, you know, a couple in each squad, and just break up the uniformity. Suddenly you've got a really nice looking unit with a few little touches in there. Little or mark out the, up. Or mark out the sergeant. Yeah, yeah, yeah mark definitely. Out the definitely, I think stuff like that would be very, very cool. Um, but yeah, so that's that for me. That's a nice one. Um, any anything else stand out for you, Chris, or? Uh, well, they made, made uh, all the land raiders cheaper, and I've always liked the land raiders. But uh, well, the useful land raiders, not the Achilles, regular Achilles one. Fair but, enough. Uh, I'm not really sure that there's any more that just basically stands out. Mm-hmm. Like the, some additions, I like some of the changes, but nothing more than I've actually already mentioned. Oh, fair enough. I must admit, for, uh, on my part, one thing I like is the reduction in uh, the troop costs on, like I said before, breaches, tactical squads. Um, I'm being an Iron Warriors player, I'm playing around with the, like the, I guess you call them the, you could call them a, a marine horde list, effectively. So, uh, you know, 15 to 20 man sized squads. Um, so being able to drop the get a price drop in the in the basic cost of those, even if it's twenty five points, that can mean an extra couple of bodies here or there. Um, 
and I think the the most notable one then is that the fact that for me is that they've gone and um, played around with the um, Spartan and bumped the price of the Spartan up and the Typhon as well. Actually, the Typhon, which is um, didn't didn't get any sort of stat increases or changes, but went up uh, a chunk of points and the sort of general cost of a flare shield doubling. Uh, now puts it in the 415, 430 point range, I think it is, for... Uh... Way more, at least. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you're going to throw Armored Ceramite on it as well, you know, 20 points for that as well. It's only 65 points worth of upgrades for, you know, sort of a stock standard Spartan where, you know, Armored Ceramite and Flare Shield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and as we've noticed, it's actually encouraging people to use other other things. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the Charybdis came from. I, I started sitting there, you know, with the Spartan at its old points, it was kind of almost an auto-include because it was such a good value for what you got. But now, you know, going up, you know, 20, 20 30, 40 points, what it did, it, it suddenly was like, mm, I'm not sure, is there other things I can do? And I think we're still going to see lots of Spartans, but you're going to see people thinking, well, what else can I do? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's um, I think I think it's it's I don't know if it's a uh, what do you call it an actual um, conscious uh, meta change on their part, but it's uh, uh, the Spartan going up in cost and then the lowering the cost for land raiders. It might be. I'm just wondering if it's, it's actually it's a nice touch. Yeah. I, I, think. I think there was a probably a discussion along the lines of we want to get people doing other things and getting the game more interesting and stopping a parking lot, but Spartan sells very well. So we don't want to stop people from buying a good selling product. So they've brought the balance in where it's still probably worth it, but it's not as auto include as it was. So they're still going to keep selling them, but they might sell some other stuff as well with it. And it's a nice price increase to make it uh, a bit more taxing to be taking a 1500 point game. <laughs> Casual fighting of fifteen hundred point games. Yeah. I don't know who's who's filthy enough to run those. Oh, I don't know. I know uh, a few. <laughs> yeah, we may know a few people who have thought about that. But on the other hand, uh, Freddy managed to get it uh, immobilized, running over a hedge. <laughs> and that is all it's about. Turn one. That's karma, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So it was uh, out of line of sight of basically my entire army after the unit in front of it was wiped out by Eidolon. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to get it repaired on this is the big risk. The game. This is the big risk when you stick so many points into any unit, isn't it? If you, you pump four or five hundred points into any unit, if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, you've taken a chunk of your army. And, and when you're down at 1,500 points, you know, you're talking about a big chunk of your army that's suddenly sat there going, well, that was points wasted. But we've all, all had uh, those moments, I think. Yeah. Like one lucky dice roll and you lose your like general on a dragon in fantasy or yeah, you know when deep, <laughs> deep strike mishap and suddenly your units either down the other end of the table or destroyed you know on one dice roll or down to like one marine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because you know it, it really does happen like that sometimes or a really important psycho roll making yeah. the psycho disappear into the warp. <laughs> No matter how much you list hammer and math hammer and stuff, the dice the dice gods still laugh at you some days. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you know whatever you do, you want you want to do something awesome, and then you know <laughs> it's yeah. just like oh hello hello ones. That's part of the fun though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I don't I don't know if there's 
I really, I, I kind of want to get into a let's go through every unit, but I kind mm. of feel like we're doing everything that everybody else has done, and there's and, uh, probably a lot of stuff out there that's better than we could do. Probably right not now. gonna, I mean, probably not gonna be as organized as uh, Ryan was. <laughs> I, no. I think, I think right now, basically, we're proving that we're not as organized as anybody else right now. Um, <laughs> if I'm honest, but um, no, I think, that, like I said, the the important thing is to actually look at um, the different types of. Uh, how you get the information on this and i mean there's there's sort of the three uh the three ways of looking at it so you've got the um the book itself the big the big red chunk of dead tree um painted with uh you know crushed down fossils and you know all that sort of information then you've got the um the ebook version which is um sort of straight digital copy of the the book itself and then you've got the interactive versions on um on the ipad and i'm not sure if there's an ebook interactive version uh i haven't looked i don't know the answer to that so if somebody would like to tell me that would be awesome um but i for one have taken the plunge very recently like monday of this week and gone and picked up the two new red books on my ipad and i am absolutely freaking loving them <laughs> won't, won't, won't lie they are awesome but um, you know, I mean, what? How do we start this conversation? What 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 do we think? What do we think is the best option for gaming? You know, let's start there. What what's uh, the best option? Personally, I mean, I play at the club, so I have to transport my stuff into town to play a game. So taking two books adds weight, adds stuff to carry. So I did the same as you. I I took the plunge. I bought both red books interactive, and actually on Tuesday I decided I was going to go and play the game without taking any books. Because I got the uh, interactive 7th Ed rules as well for 40k. Uh-huh. So I got all three core books in in my iPad and thought, right, I'm going to give it a go. And it, it was brilliant. Because, you know, you pop up and you say, oh, I've got this unit. Oh, what's that rule? Click on the link. There it is. You know, no faffing about flicking back and forward through books to try and find it. It was just there. I mean, I'm pretty much converted now to the, to the interactive books. They're They're fantastic. Yeah, and if you're running with the rule book as well, just oh, what does this spe- special rule that I never heard of do? Yeah, just search, search for it and it's there. Yeah, the, the 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 hyperlinks are fantastic, but the search functions even better. You just start typing in a rule, up it pops, click on the link, there you go straight away. You know, it 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 just makes it made the game so much quicker. Awesome. I mean, that's you know that that's been my hope. I mean, I think the only downside is, uh, you, you know, if you're doing a day event or something like that, make sure you got some sort of charger with you. Oh um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or turn off your Wi-Fi and turn the power the brightness down, and you know, yeah. find every well, sort of power management option you can. Be fair, a newer iPad should have about ten hours of battery time, so keep it charged before you go, and don't look at it all the time. Look at the game. Yeah. yeah, I mean the more the more you play, the more you remember your rules. I mean, I'm doing quite a bit of looking up at the moment, especially with the heresy. Yeah. I'm f- pretty good with the the core rules, but you know the special rules from heresy and stuff, or how rules are slightly different in heresy to what they are in main 40k. Just going back and checking how they quite work and and stuff. But it, you, you, the more you play, the more you learn, the less you rely on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm literally looking now. I'm looking like uh, we were talking about the Scorpius, whirlwind Scorpius yeah. earlier. I'm literally just looking at the, looking at that now and having a look at the the special rules and all that sort of stuff. And as stupid as it sounds, but it is ideal for as you're sort of saying for new people newer to the game, because 
it lists, right, for example, it's listing the war gear. So you've got the Scorpius multi-launcher, the twin-linked uh, bolter, the searchlight and smoke launchers. Now, experienced players will probably be able to tell you what all that does. Regular players probably get the whole twin-linked bolter, searchlight, smoke launcher, might not know the Scorpius multi-launcher. And if you pick it up for the first time, haven't got a clue, what's twin-linked? There you go. That's what twin-linked is. What's a bolter? There's your profile. There's what it can do. And, you know, same searchlight. Here's what it does. You've got a glossary index as well. So you can actually just click on, um, with this, you sort of click on the, the glossary and you can spin through all the different sections on there as well. And I think, I just think that's awesome. Um, so you can literally go into the glossary and let's see, infiltrate. I can click on infiltrate and I'm now shown what infiltrate does. Perfect. Yeah. You know, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, the other joy is having, I've got an iPhone as well. So when I purchased it on the iPad, it syncs straight across to my iPhone. So I've got a copy of the book on it, on my iPad and on my phone. So, you know, I quite often get questions from Stu and, and the other one who shall not be named. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the unnamed. The unnamed. And I get a question and I think, well, you know, it takes me, I can just, I'm, even if I'm out in the, you know, out and about working, I can have a quick look, find the, the rule in two seconds and send him a screenshot of the, the rule back straight away you know it's fantastic it's on both both devices you know just i've always got all three rule books with me how do you find it for reading on the um on the phone i wouldn't want to try and read the whole book on it but if you just want to pick up a rule and have a look at a section yeah great fine just just for a quick look on it but then i, I use my phone for work so i'm reading emails on it and doing stuff on it all the time so i'm, I'm fairly used to working off that size screen yeah I just it was just more again I'm, I'm the same with what I do for a living so it's uh, you know, when you're used to using your phone that's fine but it's more the how the layout look and that sort of thing because oh, it, it looks identical it, it's just exactly the same just a little bit smaller I mean uh, so when you're on the sort of the main index page you know each section's broken up isn't it you go fast track and then there's a list of the units yeah and you can click on, on the iPad it's quite easy to click on the unit and it'll take you straight to it because the screen's a bit smaller, you end up just kind of mashing the screen, but it then just takes you to a glossary screen and you pick them out the list there. It, it, it's brilliant. I've had, I mean, I've been sitting using it on my phone more than my iPad lately and it's it's been brilliant. It works exactly the same. Awesome. Awesome. And Chris, you've got um, the interactive versions, not just for, have you got the Legion versions? Cause I, know you, I haven't uh, gotten the Legion versions yet. I got the, the regular ones for now, but yeah. Uh, I will probably get them as well because they're quite quite handy. I, I got the re- the enhanced versions of the Mechanicum book and the Crusade Imper- Imperialis book, though. And how so how does that work? I mean, how, uh, again, it's the same sort of functionality, I guess, yeah, but how do you find same. that? <laughs> so this is actually quite nice, especially for the Crusade Imperialis book that contains uh, three different army lists, the Solar Auxilia, the Militia, and cults and militias and the Questorius Knight list. Yeah, so it gives you, again, it's... Uh, All the no. special rules in one place <laughs> for three armies. Yeah, That's so it's... Nice. All, all the good stuff, all in one place, I think is what we're trying to say. And it's... Um, I know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to stretch this into a conversation, but I think it's it's... It's every book, every version has got its place. And, I mean, and it's also the same for just a, a note for the Mechanicum one that actually have three army lists in it. So because you have the the Tagmata, the Legis Cybernetica, and the Order Reductor one, and then you have the Titan list 
okay. after all the knights. So it's quite useful to just uh, have all that in one book, but also have all the hyperlinks for whatever uh, the Titan Vortex missile battery does. Yeah. Instead of having to look it up. Because I mean, one one thing I'd say is with the when I was trying to decide whether to do this, because I, I, originally I was going to buy a bundle and the bundle doesn't exist on the Swedish iTunes. So it's like, okay, I'm going to have to do another option. I had a chat with a couple of guys and it was the, the practicality versus the, the book, you know, the flicking through the book, the book smell, the whole, you know, that sort of, um, you know, I mean, it's, um, that whole um, physical yeah. thing, how, how that works. Yeah, so you mean I, I will always buy the black books, um, you know, as, as collector's things because I want the black books as a you know, collector's item on the shelf and stuff. But, you know, for a gaming book that you're going to use, you're primarily buying it for a function. You're buying it to play the game with. You know, having it in a, in a functional system will work, you know, on, on the iPad so it works and it's functional and you can play your game. And then save your pennies and buy the black books and enjoy them as you know your dead tree works of art. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the the black. I haven't even thought about the black books. I mean, are they even available on digital or? No, not as far. Oh, as Oh, thank aware. God for that. <laughs> and uh, I guess why the bundles are not available on iTunes is probably because they are black library only in general. Mm. At least the discounted yeah. ones. Yeah, really I, nice. I bought the two books direct through iTunes just because it was easier to do so, and I didn't get any. There were no bundles on them or anything, but it just made my life easier to buy them that way. And the best part is when they go up on a pre-order on the Fortwell site, they go up on pre-order on iTunes. Yeah, which is true. Oh wow. Um, okay. Sorry, I just had. A, I apologise. I just had something very strange pop up on my screen. It wasn't from Freddie, so I was a bit concerned for a second. <laughs> So I'm just uh, just scrolling away from that very quickly. So I think the general consensus is, and it's a short consensus, which isn't a bad thing, that um, basically the the books themselves are good for reading, good for holding, good for taking a deep breath of and enjoying the smell of. Um, otherwise, it is all about the access and the, the usefulness of um, having the red book to hand um, and speed of being able to operate through an iPad. Um, and that sort of thing when it comes to the enhanced edition. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the big drawback with the, uh, the enhanced edition is they're only on iTunes, so you know you've got you're going to have to invest in an expensive device to do that. You know, you, you can only get them on an iPad or an iPhone, so there's there's a bit more of a buy-in there as well. But I mean, I've been using PDF versions for a while of stuff in 40k as well, and even non-enhanced, I found reading codexes and things on an iPad when I'm gaming much better than having books and books with me. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you have the, a PDF version, you can always use more than one device as well because you can use your laptop or regular computer yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, something yeah. you can move around, which is very useful. And again, like you say, it's, it, it is an expensive piece of equipment to have, but again, you know, it, you, you've already mentioned you can use it on your phone. Yeah. And far more, far more, far more people have access to their uh, their telephone with a with a well, mo- majority of people seem to have Apple. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I have no re- idea why. Shush you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the thing. If, if you've, inv- I mean, generally you're not going to go out and buy an iPad so that you're going to buy the enhanced editions. But if you've got an iPad, 
it's a brilliant it's worth the extra pennies to to get the enhanced edition yeah definitely i, mean, I think I, I don't know what it is in in england but i think it, it works out like uh 80 80 krona maybe 100 krona so maybe somewhere between eight I and ten pounds eight yeah, and think... ten pounds difference which when when you think about the amount of money we spend on resin crack isn't a huge amount yeah um but it's definitely worth it and i mean i've got a pdf well, i've got a pdf version of the the main rule book i do um i do want to go and get the inter- enhanced version of the main rule book mm-hmm. at some point um also because i don't want to have to go out and buy a copy of dark vengeance just to get the mini rule book yeah or, or, or scavenge one off ebay off some shark on ebay but yeah. i mean I've, I've had that enhanced edition of the rule book for a while now and that it when the when i saw the, the new red book was coming out on enhanced i've already using the rule book and knowing it was good it was you know fairly simple sale to say well i'm going to buy the red book on enhanced because it, it, it is worth it and especially if you're picking up the rules and still working your way through it mm. to be able to reference through the rule book it's so much quicker i've got i've got the Seventh Ed rulebook when it came out in the when it first came out with a big sort of you know A4 size hard back one and it is a pain to lug around and put it on the side of a table and stuff when you're trying to play a game so having it all compact in the iPad was just so much better. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'm 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 a convert. I've been looking at it for like less than less than sort of four days, and I, I'm a convert already. Um, you know, and I'm, I think I'm gonna like I say take the plunge on the on the rulebook and keep my eye out for other stuff in the future um of what actually comes out and what what may be of interest to me but i like the way it's the, I, the only thing is i can't read books on it i can't read like story books for, for some reason when it comes my brain you know if it comes to the like the black books pdf version of that for some reason that's fine but if it comes to like black library novels my brain says it just seems to say this is too big that's interesting see i I got about halfway through the heresy series buying the paperbacks and you know when they stopped making the small paperbacks really and they've moved into bigger formats yeah i didn't really want those so i owned an art for a bit and i bought one of the the um the books on the ipad to give it a try and since then i've been completely converted and i've got all my heresy books on my ipad as well all the novels and completely converted but then I'm using an iPad Mini, which is smaller. Ah, uh, yeah, I was going to say it, iPad Mini might be a di- I might find a difference with. Yeah, yeah, my my wife's got a, a full size iPad, and you don't realise how much bigger that is than a Mini when until you put them together. And the Minis, the, I like the Mini because it goes in the back pocket of your jeans. So when I'm stood at the gaming table, I just slide it in my back pocket, my jeans, and I've got all my rules and everything in my pocket then. Yeah, and if you're using an uh, armless builder like uh, Quartermaster or yeah. Battle Scribe, you could just uh, have your armless as well, at yeah, least for yeah. casual gaming. Cause... Yeah, well, I've got my um, I've got my army, I've got my Battle Scribe set up so it syncs to my Dropbox account, so yeah. it then syncs between my phone and my iPad. So if I'm a, if I'm sat at lunch at work and I make adjustments to my list, it syncs straight across my iPad. So when I go for a casual game at night. I take my iPad, it's got my up-to-date list on it, it's got my all my books on it. I mean, I can play the game now with pretty much a bag of dice, the tape measure, and my iPad. You are literally plugged. This this is starting to turn into Matrix-level stuff, yeah. connection. You're going to have to <laughs> yeah. do us a little how-to guide on all this, because I'm interested in getting this set up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, I mean, I've got my, my Dropbox links to my... Uh, links to my computer as well so some nights if I'm sat painting next to my computer and I want to tweak, tweak a list I just and I'm watching something on the iPad I can tweak the list on the on the computer as well and it all just syncs up it's brilliant I mean once you've signed up for Dropbox it's dead easy to do with, with Battlescribe 
Yeah, fair enough. You're I must playing. say that I don't. I have a quite similar setup as well. Yes. So. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't connected. I haven't reached to the greater connection yet. So maybe I should. Uh, yeah. I should get around to doing that. Uh, yeah, but join, yes. join, join the hive mind. Join it's the hive mind. There. That's that's basically what it is. Should be joining the hive mind. Yeah. I remember playing as a kid, and it was a lot of you know writing things out with pens and papers and making lists and. You know, there was that, definitely that side of it, but you know, now I look at it as my time's more limited as I'm an adult. The things I can do with technology to speed up building lists and having yeah. things in place it just makes makes means I've got more time to do the things I enjoy of painting and playing. Sounds awesome. Sounds what we should be doing. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to hit you up for some technological hookup <laughs> in place. That like it. We can get something. So we can get something going. We'll do some 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 IT classes. Oh, some on- online IT classes, which is always, always good. How to maximise your, your heresy through... There we are. Right, future segment already sorted. Chris, make a note. How to maximise your heresy through technology. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Done. Yeah. We, can, we can throw in some airbrushing and all the other bits of technology yeah, I upgrades. Mean, I mean, the thing I'm obsessed with at the moment is is Oz 30K. I know I'm a little late to the party on that, but, you know, I remember play, when I was a kid playing Warhammer, you were, you were completely restricted to your local group you know that was it you could only see it but now you know with facebook and also k we're part of a global community of heresy players and it's you know it's so much fun to be able to i mean i've done that thing where you get down the rabbit hole and also k you go and look at something and then three hours later you're reading the fluff of some guy's army because you've read all his battle reports and stuff you know you're just completely lost in this universe it's just, it's it's the uh, it's i call it it's the wikipedia the Wikipedia effect, yeah. where it's like 11 o'clock at night, you've got to go to bed, you're at work in the morning, and you click on the link of somebody's put a discussion, and then suddenly you're uh, four hours later, you're you're discussing the or reading the finer points of nuclear physics on Wikipedia, going, <laughs> how the yep. fuck did I get here? It's all, also true with uh, like sitting late night watching YouTube clips. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, just, you just click next and next, and well, maybe this one looks interesting, and then you... Why am I now? It's three in the morning, and why am I learning about how to play the harmonica? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> why I'm watching someone bake a cake in in Turkish? Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny, as an adult, you go, "What the fuck?" But like uh, with my kids, for example, it's kind of um, it's kind of funny because my my kids will watch like uh, Peppa Pig, for example, kids' TV show Peppa Pig. Yeah. They'll watch that in any language. Doesn't matter, Russian, Turkish, Chinese, whatever it's been dubbed into, they'll watch it and they'll laugh and giggle along. And I'm wondering how much of the language they're actually picking up. Yeah. And, I, and stuff like that is it's it's totally fine. But for me, it's just like, uh huh, okay, <laughs> um, all on your own there. <laughs> yeah, well, my daughter was young. You know, she's say, eleven now. So she, you know, when when she was little, sort of iPhones and iPads were still quite new. You know, they were kind of. So, so she kind of grew up with iPads and iPhones. And I remember sitting her down one day to do some maths homework or something when she was in the first first couple of years of school. And she couldn't use uh, a keyboard and mouse because she was used to touchscreen and everything. And that was one of those things where I went, whoa, life, like technology's moved on a bit here. You know, when kids are just used to touchscreen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, my, my kids can operate, my, my three-year-old can operate the iPad as well as I can. I don't. I don't know what that says about me or about him, but I think I, I put that down to him being awesome and me being, you know. Oh, was that? That's that, that, cheers, that. Chris. I was just going to say not as capable, but fine. Fucking old. Cheers, buddy. 
Or is that, I can't remember who it says, one of the, these sayings, you know, anything that technology you grow up with when you're a kid is perfectly normal. Any technology that comes along when you're in, you know, your 20s, 30s and 40s is, you know, advanced and brilliant. Anything technology that comes along when you're elderly is heathen and should never have been invented. Yeah. It just depends what stage in life you are as to what yeah. you think about this piece of technology. And that's been true all out human history as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when they invented the wheel, there was somebody in the village going, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's not going to stay around. It's because yeah. of fad, it'll fade out. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. remember when I was three, I got the, the first gen Game Boy. Yeah, that might be because my father wanted a Game Boy. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, it, was a, it was a loving uh, present. Don't don't knock yeah. it. But uh, I, that was in '89. So yeah. later, I got the first uh, got the first uh, NES consoles that were was sold yeah. in Sweden. That was probably still because my father wanted one. <laughs> but that that that's uh, that has made me actually been yeah. growing up with technology all my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, just. My... Uh, yeah. Yeah. My daughter came over this weekend, and obviously, you know, we've mentioned it a few times. Pokemon goes on the, uh, you know, about and there. So my daughter's quite into playing that. But my wife actually dug out of a drawer her original Game Boy Color with Pokemon Yellow on it that her dad brought back from Japan for her when it was first released over there. <laughs> and the kid, the kid sat there playing Pokemon all weekend on a Game Boy, and I thought, Jesus, when I was your age, I was doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but to you, to you, it was new and amazing. To yeah. her, it's like backwards. It's retro. You yeah, know, it's, it's two retro. buttons and a keypad. You know. So what the hell? What get... am I supposed to do with this? You press it. I do what? <laughs> Why don't I just tap the screen? Yeah. The screen doesn't work like that. So, it's not what uh, my kids do that to the computer. We we use a computer. We don't have a television. We we stream most of our stuff like yeah. Netflix and stuff. And my kids are like tapping the screen to try and change YouTube on the computer. It's like, <laughs> sorry, Papa, do- Papa doesn't have the money to have a touchscreen television right now. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, you failure, you absolute failure in life. Why 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 are we suffering with this sort of failed technology? Well, It'll be. It'll be as they grow up and realise the reason that you haven't got a touchscreen TV is all the plastic cracking, resin crack in the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is why Papa's always got a smile. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit the same, actually, because I got, well, touchscreen phone, iPad. I got my Surface, lap, Surface version of the laptop, the Microsoft Surface. And then I have yeah. a regular laptop and that doesn't have a touchscreen. And I can't really, I stopped counting all the times I've actually tried to use the screen as a touch screen on that one <laughs> it's just jab jab oh shit this isn't yes. how this one works <laughs> See, that's the, the confusing thing for a lot of people at work for me is they, they bought me a new work laptop a, a little while ago and it's one of these uh, lenovo ones that you can like fold all the way over and yep. it has got a touch screen on it so i'm talking to people in a meeting and i'm just jabbing at the screen and they all think i'm mental but i'm actually controlling the screen because it's a proper touch screen but nobody believes me i'm like no no it's a proper touch screen everyone's amazed by it <laughs> That's a bit the same with the Surface when I have the yeah. keyboard attachment for it. Yeah. It looks somewhat like a laptop, or a really thin laptop then. Then I can just remove the keyboard and use it as a tablet. Yeah. Well, I think I think we have absolutely nailed a future segment. What can technology do for heresy? Yeah. We will come yeah. back to it. This um, is a brilliant segment on the enhanced books, I think. Yeah, uh, basically, enhanced, <laughs> yeah, books, yeah. enhanced books, yay. Um, yeah. The uh, the um, the other versions of books also yay, um, but they are heavy um, and more impractical. Um, well, but... the, 
the PDF and EPUB versions aren't that much heavier than the enhanced versions. Yes. Well, you know, it depends depends how big or heavy your um, your your phone or e-reader is. You know, I'm just yeah, saying. Fair enough. But the original the original <laughs> the original uh, dead tree um, dead tree versions are uh, very very awesome as well. So can't argue with all of that. Just pick your poison and go with it. But I think that the more and more you get into actually gaming, I think you're going to find uh, um, you're going to find that the enhanced versions are going to be very useful to you. So, uh, yeah, I think um, it, this was more of a list review section with us tacking on the Red Book um, rather than the other way around. But um, I think that wraps up, unless anybody's got anything else they want to say on it. No. No, no, I think, fair enough. I think we nailed it. And um, obviously, Tom, you know, you, you, you have all the filth in that list. I just want to point out one more time. <laughs> and you've got to come over, come over to Sweden, get some casual gaming in. Get some more serious gaming in, and then we'll just have have a good laugh kicking there and seeing who can kick whose list around a bit. We'll we'll bring the West Country filth to the uh, hashtag pal from Sweden. Oh yeah, ha- hashtag <laughs> West Country filth. <laughs> that's, that's a whole different hashtag. You don't want to be searching. Oh, trust me, mate. I tried. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that when we get off air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did. Good idea. Yeah. Other than that, I think we're gonna head on out to some music now. And when we come back, we'll we'll be picking on the wrap-up and uh, giving a few shout-outs as we go along. So, uh, as I say, we're going to play ourselves out to this tune. Justified, those who died, preparing the bad, take your chosen wife. 
saying that wrong crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that brought crosses. And we're back with a wrap-up. Hi, it's Jody here. Uh, fortunately, thanks to the uh, machinations of the uh, the loyalist lapdogs or uh, whoever it may be, somebody somewhere somehow has uh, taken our original copy of our wrap-up and thrown it to the warp. So to get this episode out in time, or time-ish, you've got my dulcet and beautiful, wonderful tones, which are currently suffering from a chest infection. This is not my uh, after-hours porn voice, but, you know, if that's what works for you guys, just uh, sit back and let it ride. So let's start off very quickly. Let's go to our charities. As you know, Freddie is running a raffle to win a fully pro-painted, and I do mean pro-painted, Warlord Titan um, with Pretty much all the accessories, all three heads, including the limited edition, uh, limited as in if you go to Warhammer World, you can buy it, otherwise good luck, uh, head, the super extra cannon, I can't remember which name it is, um, and the rather fantastic um, stippy claw of goobery zottiness and shooty stuff off it. Um, 
he sourced all of this it's all being pro painted by the team at scattershot painting it's absolutely beautiful now what is this all about it's very simple Freddie is trying to make a positive change in life and in this world to fight uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, something one of his uh, sons has been diagnosed with. And Freddie being Freddie, can't let that stand and neither should we. So he's trying to raise some uh, money to raise awareness, fund research, whatever he can do to make this better. So with that in mind, he has put this raffle together. 35 US dollars will buy you one ticket into this raffle. You can pledge as much as you want or as little as you want but every time you put in 35 dollars or increments of you get a ticket into this raffle that being said that gives you a shot at winning this full pro painted wall or titan not just that the hearth guard stepped up big so tom stewart and he who shall not be named all stepped up and picked up a copy of the limited edition uh black version of the new army book and we love them for that and basically uh, they've added that in so it's up to freddie if that's going all as one package or if that's going as a uh, separate deal but uh, it's just another way to sweeten the pot which makes it even more better more awesomer i'm really struggling with words tonight so bear with me uh, the new so far is it's the raffle target is at 58% towards target. Target is 10,000 US dollars. Some people are stepping up big. Some people are stepping up with what they can. You're all doing fantastic in my book. Uh, I have yet to purchase tickets, but I will be fixing this on payday. So have no fear. We are not laying the side down here. So that's a quick update. Now we're going to go through the events. Um, at time of recording, the Global Heresy Escalation League is still going. This is the Scouring of Thungo Modelicos. And just to give an update, um, right now the the well the strength seems to be lying with the um, with the uh, loyalist lapdogs. Uh, with the summary showing the traitors having thirty nine influence points. I hate that term, traitors. We're we're you know. We're liberators. It's how it rolls. Uh, the undecideds, so obviously those who are fence-sitting, so that must be the Dark Angels. And then the loyalists, loyalist lapdogs, false emperors, how, uh, you know, errand boys, are sitting at uh, 52 influence points. Uh, somebody, for some reason, has managed to identify Iron Hand's loyalists on their own, giving five points. And the orcs. Yep, the orcs from Swamp Swampland have uh, registered two points of influence. So it's now moving on to um, the Seas Initiative boys. So that's Sean and uh, Blaine over at Seas Initiative, and they are taking over for the month of August. So check that out online on Facebook. You can get details from our Facebook, and just by searching Thungo Metallicus. Uh, or Global Heresy Escalation League. It's probably easier unless you've got the little funky keyboard update to uh, be able to put the fun <laughs> sign in there. But, you know, I'm just being picky at that point. So get involved. It's 1,500 points. We've upgraded to esc uh, to um, raiding missions. So that can be a decent tank, a couple of extra small units, you know, some scimitar jet bikes, whatever you want to put in there to make up from the 1,000 to 1,500 list. I myself are looking to get my Sakaar and Venator done this month to add to my 1,000 point list. So let's see how that goes for me and for everyone else. Coming up on the 17th of September, we have Avaria, the Avaria Cluster Phase 3. Chris will be attending, I'll be attending, and I do believe our buddy Jens from Northern Heresy is attending as well. 
that's a 2500 points event all 20 spots have been taken um, as registration is now open i do believe there's a wait list with uh, oscar attempting to actually get some more spaces um, so watch the uh, facebook page for that it's gonna be a whole lot of fun a whole lot of heresy and it's gonna be one hell of a good day so that's down in malmo in sweden get involved keep an eye out watch facebook we'll try and keep everybody updated via via uh, twitter and facebook as we play through the day but it's gonna be a good laugh then up next scandus the burning of scandus prime is now fully booked all the spaces are taken there's an eight person waiting wait list which if you want in get involved get online now and get your notification sent to the link on heresy at gmail.com and let freddie know you're interested in getting involved that way if there are dropouts he's got you on the list the event is from the 15th to the 16th of october with the warlord prize raffle being drawn on the 16th the sunday uh, it is a 3000 all four sorg lists available event so it's gonna get crazy um, ourselves myself and christopher are repping for the varangian heresy and as you heard in the main segment we're going up against uh jen's jen's gorgonzola list and from what i hear um linus is currently bringing five knights and a bane blade so um apparently somebody is trying to bring a sledgehammer to a sword fight we will see what happens with this i think it's time to just hit the escalation button one more time before we get done also to remind you guys that there is the Scandus box dread challenge as well this is something that we are one running as the varangian heresy crew here we are offering a prize out to the most creative conversion of a plastic box dread or the forge world mark IV ironclad uh, variant now we're doing this in two ways one is the first group is for all those attending uh, Scandus, so everybody who's actually booked your place going to be showing up at the event you get a chance to uh, win um, th one of uh, three prizes or all three prizes we haven't decided yet uh, which include limited edition print and a very nice mark IV um, forge world tech marine and still currently hugs from christopher but hugs is always a good thing and i'm sure they'll uh, they'll continue throughout the day now what I would say is there's also an international event or non-attendees event, take your pick, and being offered up as a prize for that is some Third Legion pillows, which gotta love Freddy for having just the connections of connections. Uh, so right now we're looking forward to seeing everybody's entries. Mail them to the Varangian Heresy at gmail.com with your start picture, so unpainted, unconverted ideally, just to show us that it's your work that you're doing. And then when you're done, send in a second or put a group them all together, send them in at the same time, so we've got you for the internet, the uh, non-attendees version. We'll do the drawing on the Sunday as well, um, just as a sort of prelude to the Warlord, Warlord raffle, I'm sure. So that's uh, Scandus, the Scandus Box Tread Challenge, and it's going to be a hell of a weekend because we're all going to be there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Then we've got the Scouring of Sidney's Primary. This is a Horace Heresy national event uh, series of being hosted by the Loaded Dice podcast. It's at the Games Cube in Parramatta on the 8th and 9th of October 2016. It's the Sydney leg of the Oz 30k uh, national Her heresy event series. Um, I've got that the wrong way around. But um, guys are doing a fantastic job. Now, this is going to be fun. This is a de-escalating um, 
de-escalating event. Basically, you start off with a big game and the points of the games get smaller. Now, I don't know if they're fully booked, but if they're not, definitely go on there and take a look. Um, get onto their webpage and have a chat with them, see what can be done, and basically just keep in touch with what's going on. Now, we have uh, one more from down the land down under, and this is run by our brothers-in-arms, the kings of uh, heresy podcasting, the IFRS podcast, Tim and Michael are putting on their first event, and this is the Siege of Geigenhive. It's going down on the 13th to 14th of August in Brisbane, Queensland, in a bar. Uh, obviously, the most important piece of all that information is there's a bar. Um, currently, at time of reading this, there's still two spots open for the 2,500 point event and six spots for the 1,200-point event. There's going to be a painting competition and an evening of drinking, further games, and a quiz, which Michael apparently says is going to be something that's going to give people some very, very intense form of brain damage, which can only be fun. Um, so, yeah, get on down, meet the guys, have a fantastic time, and remember, fully painted is for closer, so it's a fully, fully painted event so uh, otherwise if you've got problems they say there are options of borrowing an army off someone on the day so get in touch so the final event i've got to shout out right now is the borossa spell comment sorry eric i know i'm going to murder that uh the bsk event that's taking place in boros and that is an event designed to introduce people to the heresy uh, it's got its own facebook page up and running now we're going to link it on our web page our facebook page and the general information is quite simple the games will be played at two points levels so at 1500 points and two and a half thousand points there's going to be 20 spots available so basically if you're attending you write two lists one at uh, 1500 and one at 2500 so that you can accommodate your opponent so if your opponent is new and has only managed to put together a 1500 point list you play 1500 points if you're not playing a new opponent and they've got two and a half thousand points lists you go crazy and you have fun with two and a half thousand points so this is how the event's running i love the idea of that eric i think it's a lot of fun i think it's going to make things a lot easier for everybody and to get involved and start building the scene up there in Baros and the surrounding areas. So that is uh, my general... Uh, oh, just to mention, sorry, that the Saturday, the 5th of November is the date for the Baros Spell Convent. Now, that's the actual heresy part of the event. It's actually a couple of days long event, as it's a, kind of a gaming convention, I guess is the right way of putting it. So, sorry, I just put that little bit of information there. Whew, getting there slowly. Now to uh, round this out, first of all, big shout out again to the Hearthcard for joining us for the event, uh, for the episode. Lots of fun talking to those guys. I know they've got things in the works, so keep your ears out, and obviously we'll keep them involved here. Big shout out to Miniature Realm Studios because you know it does fantastic work, and um, we can't not give it a shout out. And then we've got a big shout out, of course, to our buddies at Scattershot Painting and Scattershot Hobbies because Chris is awesome. The team out there are fantastic and they do a whole lot of good stuff for the hobby. So uh, get on out there and um, support through their GoFundMe, which right now is supporting a different but very worthwhile cause. And I'd ask you to go and take a look at that GoFundMe page, which you can find via Scattershot Hobbies and I believe through Scattershot Painting as well. Just take a few minutes out of your day to have a look at it and see if you can make a difference in uh, somebody else's life. So go do that. Uh, otherwise, a brief view of our next episode we have 
planned to have Mr. Ryan Kimmel from the uh, Radio Free Istvan come on, and we're going to be talking all things Blood Angels, general hobby heresy talk, and um, whatever good stuff we can squeeze into the episode. So I guess, as I'm on my own, it's to say goodnight from me, and it's a goodnight from him, and remember, see you in the next episode of the Ranging Heresy uh, Pokemon Go podcast, brought to you by Pokemon Go, because apparently that's all I do these days, but that's a complete lie. Uh, I paint models as well, so I can still play Pokemon from my studio. And um, remember, guys, treat life like 30k. Be angry in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Vrangian Heresy Podcast, signing off. The boys